Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. He thinks it's the end of the world We can be like he is Come on, jokers Don't fear the Schmitty Baby, sell your stuff Don't fear the Schmitty Hey, let's take a home Don't fear the Schmitty Maybe he's the man La, 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 la La, la, la Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Uh, <laughs> song up top keeps changing, doesn't it? Uh, well, look, uh, you know, uh, everything keeps changing. Release day keeps changing. Release time keeps changing, certainly. Uh, we live in fluid times, folks. There's no doubt about that. You can't argue. We, we actually live in fluid in our lungs times, which is really bad for all of us. That's terrible. Nobody wants to dry drown. And yet here we are. Look at all of us staring directly into the face of dry drowning. Did you think that's how you'd go? Let me think. Let's talk about it for just a second. Did you think that this was how you die? Trapped in your house watching Netflix, dry drowning because you can't get a fucking test and you can't wear a mask. Holy Jesus. Um, look, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I got fuck all to tell you guys this week. I'll do what I can. I'll talk as much as I can. I usually do this thing where I say, oh, man, I talk at the speed of my head and I talk till I'm done. Uh, but then I put these arbitrary deadlines on me where I'm like, oh, well, I've got to talk this long or I've got to do this long. I did this long last week. I need to match that. I'm going to lose everybody. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in perpetual fear of losing you guys anyway. It's it, it's a fan base, I guess you'd call it. Friend base is what I like to call it. Uh, it's just uh, people who listen to me every week and give me their time and spend some time with me. And then I feel I let you down by not showing up on time to spend that time with you. But yet I feel like I got to give you a chunk of whatever. Um, you know, and I, and I will not lie, man. I, I, it was a rough week. And, and I'm sure you guys have had a rough week. Uh, I'm going to do my best to talk. And uh, here's all right, uh, the great divide in this show, as you know, is uh, I don't I don't want to belabor the point. I don't want to be the guy who comes here and talks about, uh, hey, man, you're about this coronavirus, because guess what? <laughs> I think I think at this point, word's gotten around. I mean, I don't know if people are all reacting the right way. Um, just today, Friday, the uh, the government um in between Trump bragging that he's fucked models, it, it, he was uh, he said that I guess they're they're telling us to wear masks now. Uh, they're recommending it. You know, it's not, nothing mandatory yet. Um, I'm sure this makes everybody in a bank uh, very very nervous. 
Um, although is that even a thing anymore? That's that's an old trope. The old uh, mask in the bank and then the the, the ripping off the place. Because I mean, when I go to a bank, the whole fucking thing is just is just bulletproof plastic. It's fucking insane. Um, so I guess my point is, if you were thinking you couldn't wait for a global pandemic to come along so you could be told to wear a mandatory mask and use that to rob a bank, I think your plans have been dashed, sir or ma'am. Could be a man, could be a lady, as we've been taught by uh, hustlers and other movies like that. The ladies are on the on the grind as well. They're doing what they can to steal whatever they can and get ahead in this game. And I don't blame you, man. It's all about the game. How quaint. How quaint when you watch movies now and you're just like, oh, remember when people could go outside? That was pretty fucking cool. Ah, oh, look at, hey, remember when Harry met Sally and she faked an orgasm in a restaurant? Now, uh, now you, you can't, first of all, you can't even fake an orgasm anymore because you're alone or if you're in quarantine, what could, don't, don't fake an orgasm ever again. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Never again. Realize that when you're faking orgasms, all you're doing is you're depriving yourself of that fucking five minutes of pleasure. And I don't give a fuck if you're, if your guy is, you know, if you're trying to give him an ego boost or whatever the fuck, or if you're just giving him the tap and going, you know what? Fuck this man. I, I can't, you're not getting it done. Um, men, if, if your, uh, if your ladies are faking and I know you're probably like, well, my lady never fakes. Well, I mean, I don't fucking know. I mean, I have no, none of us have any idea. You know what I mean? It's like, really, you just kind of, you do what you do and you hope, <laughs> which is basically life, life and orgasm. Same exact thing. It's they, they have that equal sign right there. Life equals orgasm because you know what you do, what you do and you hope you're trying to do the best you can. All you can do is try to be a, uh, an open-minded person who, and you, and you talk to who you're with and go, what do you want? What do you like? What should I do? Do the things you do and then incorporate the things that they like and that they want you to do. And then uh, eventually you'll both wind up going to sleep happy, right? Wouldn't that be a good thing? Or or you'll leave $100 on the on the table and leave happy. 100? I might be under I might be underselling some of these ladies. Uh, if you're a high class lady, also I all right, let's go this route. Now, that exposes my pathology that I have to get a hooker off. How funny would that be? If I'm in a fucking if I'm going to meet an escort, oh, she's got to come. I, I literally if I meet an escort, oh my god, she absolutely has to fucking I I will not leave here. I I will pay fucking extra to make you come. How does that sound? Uh, I'm I'm a dream candidate for these hookers uh, slash escorts, uh, call girls, sex workers, uh, concubines, strumpets. I don't care. Pick a word. Uh, I'm not trying to. I'm not shaming anybody. Uh, <laughs> but no more faking orgasms. That's it. Can we decide this in a pandemic? Because you're a couple in your home now. All right. And maybe you got to go quick because the kids or whatever the fuck. And I understand that. Uh, but just, but just uh, do whatever your lady needs, man. Just, uh, just, uh, I don't know why all of a sudden I'm Billy D Williams from a cold 45 commercial. Do whatever your lady needs. Look her in the eyes and say, you know what? What do you need me to do? You need me to do this? You mean put my mouth here, my fingers here. Should I go here? Uh, how about if I do this? How about if I just fucking bury my face in the crook of your neck and I talk fucking dirty to you while I run my fucking left hand right through you? How's that sound? Oh, that's my, I don't want to run right through you. Uh, or here, here's a fucking, here's a toy. Here's a fucking, uh, a vibrator. Now you, you let's, let's do this. How about this? How about, I'm not going to give away all these. Uh, look, these are all my secrets. <laughs> what if they were? What if these are my sex secrets? Here you go. Take this vibrator and, 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 and do what you want. I'm going to sleep. That's my sex secret. That's how good I am in the sack. How do you make sure a lady comes every single time? You hand her a vibrator and you take a nap. There you go. That's what. Stay the fuck out of it, buddy. That's that's exactly that's how I put it right now. That's how you make sure every lady goes ahead and has a good time. You hand them a fucking vibrator and you fucking catch 40 goddamn winks and let them just fucking do it themselves. There you go. That's a, that's a guarantee. That's how a lady's going to get off for sure, buddy. You're off the hook at that point. Fuck that, man. You got to go. You got to do it. You got to fucking go with the grind. 
You gotta fucking just grab him by the goddamn hips and fucking impale him, man. That's what I'm fucking talking about. I'm alone. I'm alone, man. Ooh, look at me alone in an apartment. Fucking banging my cock in my desk. Uh, all right. Hi. Uh, I, I'll do, you know, I, cause this is the thing, man. I, we are all, uh, trapped. Yeah. Trapped. Yeah. That's, uh, from Bruce Springsteen's song. <laughs> Actually, it's a Jimmy Cliff song. I think the Jimmy, that, that our friend Bruce Springsteen, uh, remade is trapped. I think it's Jimmy Cliff, right? It sure sounds like a Jimmy Cliff song. Maybe Bruce was influenced by Jimmy Cliff. Maybe maybe Jimmy Cliff covered it, and that's why I think it's a Jimmy Cliff song. Uh, boy, you want to talk about a great Jimmy Cliff song? Uh, what's what's the title of it? Um, oh fuck, I'm gonna kill myself. It's from it's from the movie. They they made it. There was a movie where it was like, ah oh, man, what is the name? Of, how do I not know a Jimmy Cliff song that I love? Uh, the harder they fall. There you go. God damn it, I just pulled it. Uh, or is it the harder they come? The harder they come. I think it's called. I don't know. Fuck. Uh, it's from a movie and I think in the movie, like Jimmy Cliff plays a gunman or somebody plays a gunman. There's a bunch of gunmen in this film, but, uh, you know, you I don't like, cause I'm not even a reggae guy, but that song goes fucking hard, man. That's a goddamn jam. Listen to that. Now while you're in quarantine, every, you know what? You have no excuse anymore. If I tell you a movie or a song, you got to fucking listen to it like immediately because you're fucking doing nothing. You're sitting in your house and staring. Uh, you know, what's funny. I, I've, I'm recording this in the afternoon, it's Friday afternoon, man. And one of the reasons, again, I had to wait a little bit here because, um, look, I waited too long. I should have recorded this Wednesday and then I should have recorded it Thursday. And then Friday, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and record. And, uh, my fucking neighbor has his, uh, his, uh, you know, he's listening to Trump's fucking press conference and basically cheering. Like I can, you, you, you can hear three noises coming from the apartment next door. Trump's voice, popcorn popping and my buddy going, Yeah. Uh, buddy seems strong. Eh, friend, neighbor, uh, not a bad guy. Like literally like not a bad guy, but just disillusioned. Like that thing where you just, you, you're like, he's, he seems like a good dependable cat, you know, uh, racist Lou, the bartender, other than the fact that he's racist and he's a Trump guy. <laughs> now look, are those two big strikes? They certainly are. I'm waiting for a third, certainly to send him to the bench. Grab some fucking pine, racist Lou. You got two strikes on you. Here comes a fucking heater up and in. Go ahead and try to swing at that motherfucker and grab some bench. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you're trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. You try to like people, right? You know, I mean, I, 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 that's what I want to do. I don't, I don't want to just fucking prejudge people and go, ah, this guy sucks. And, and you let people show them who you are. And certainly he's shown me who he is more than a few times, but you live next to a guy you like, it's an odd thing. Like I see, I see people, you know, whatever the fuck we, I don't want to get into it too much, but in social media where they're just like, oh, this guy's, this guy's out canceled, cancel this guy. He's branded up fucking this. Well, it's like, Meh. I mean, that guy might've bought a bowl of soup for a fucking guy, a friend didn't need at some point, you know, there's just. Humanity is tricky. It's uh, it's a weird. I, I don't know. I and we all know this. You know what I mean? It's like you you just, you just don't want to be uh, a person who judges harshly, but at the same time you have to judge harshly. Like because you, I uh, I have a friend. I don't want to get into this, but you know who who winds up in Twitter fights all the time or Facebook fights constantly, and uh, and I just I don't know what the point is. I'll, I'll even say, hey man, you know you gotta. Give, give people a wide berth. Like if, they, if it's somebody you're never going to, cause there's people, look, there's people you're never going to win a fucking argument with. It's, it's like trying to feed a, a, a panther and think it, and think you could pet it. You know what I mean? It's just, 
They're just going to fucking, they're going to attack you no matter what. So just give the panther a wide berth. Go skip to your loo and fucking go into a flower field and smell some flowers and, and look like Peter Tork in the credits of the monkeys and make a smiley face and be happy. That's it. That's all we have left. That's all we have left as a society is doing our best to try to be happy. And I know how hard it is. I know we've talked about this now for the past couple of years that, that, that the world is a fucking abattoir and we're all just kind of walking into the propeller. And I, I get this and it's being brought into, into sharp relief every fucking day when, when the government has a, but look, did you ever think the government would have a daily TV show in this country? No, that's the thing that I'm finding so fucking hard to parse. I'm finding it so weird to me that, that, that it all changed so quick. Like, I mean, and, and it's been coming, like we've seen things have been fracturing. You know, I've been on here before and I've been trying to avoid talking about the fact that I don't see, I don't have any hope for the future. I don't see anything being good. Uh, you know, my friends have kids and I, and I have people that I'm close to, like I, I, um, you know, Bridget who, who's lovely and, and, uh, who I've been seeing, and who I may never see again because she's off in fucking New Jersey and who the fuck knows what's going to happen. Um, but she and I will text and we'll talk and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, she's worried. I'm worried. We're all worried. Everybody's worried. But I, I can I can be this. You know, I used to get told this all the time. You know, when I was on Never Not Funny, I, I, I would come in if I was in a, a mood uh, or I guess in a bit of a mood. Um you know, I, I got told by both Jimmy and Matt, they said, you know, you're, you, you just bring this black cloud into the room and it fucking changes everything. Like you, for some reason, you are so powerfully influential with your mood. It changes the whole room. And I, you know, so I, I've done what I can to try to work and be better about that. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be, you know, and that's the thing is eventually if you're that cat, uh, nobody wants clouds. Everybody wants a bright, sunny day. Everybody wants to go outside in the sunshine and breathe deep and look at the blue upstairs and just go, yeah, man, this is a fucking beautiful day. And all of a sudden, fucking Schlepprock rolls through with a goddamn cloud. And he's like, oh, you, oh, you, and he fucking rains on everybody's parade. And everybody's like, God damn it. You know what? It was nice outside. We were having a picnic and this fucking giant ant human cloud fucking rainstorm, whatever the fuck hyenas. That's the thing. It's not even I wasn't even like a rainstorm or ants on a picnic. I was fucking a pack of hyenas who came in and tore your infant apart. I was the dingle that ate your baby. Fuck that. Nobody fucking thinks that they can handle me uh, when I'm at when I'm at my worst. And that's the thing is. So that's the thing is you have to mitigate your worst. You have to try to stop being your worst. You have to do the best you can to fucking put it in reverse and not be that guy, man. So then a global pandemic shows up <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, here's a nice test of my new positive outlook. Let's see how this works. Hey, people are dying in the streets. We literally have like almost carts where they're throwing bodies in and a guy the bring out your dead dude is there with a megaphone. And like you have to wear masks at the fucking grocery store now. And people are elbowing you in the chest over Prego sauce. And it's like, what the fuck, man? So now I'm supposed to be again. Look. When things were fucking good, I was that guy who could turn on the head of a pin and just go like, oh, yeah, no, this this sucks and you suck and everything sucks. And, and everybody's like, oh, my God, Schmitty, what the fuck? But now. When when everything is falling apart, I'm I can't I want to, you know, because, again, I've been trying to change a lot in the I've learned a lot in therapy in the last six years to not be that dude. All right. To to. To, to do your best, always do your best. You know, the four agreements really fucking helped me, you know, be, be, be impeccable with your words and, and do your best. And it's, it's, 
don't take anything personally. Do I live by them all the time? I don't, but I try to remember them. I try to keep them in my, in my, in the, in the front of my brain. They float around in there all the time, but I'd like to keep them at the forefront of my thoughts at all times. But in, but in the, in the best of times, I could be a pill in the best of times. I could be a challenge, you know, because I, I would have a tendency to look at what if, what if, what if I had a, what if mentality. Now, when I was a kid, that was fun. What if, you know, I told you we do impossible situations when you're a kid. What if there's a knock on your door? Oh dude, it's the kid. It's the guy with the forks over his eyes from the scorpions blackout cover. He wants to come in. He says, hide me. You know, we would, and we would do that for hours. Me and my friend, Mike Scott. Well, that's fine. But now, uh, a, a lot of my what ifs became reality in the fact that, Hey, what if you chased a dream for your entire life? You chased a dream, uh, uh, and never caught it. And then you found yourself, uh, at a time when your friends are retiring or, or looking into what they should do to retire or, how to take care of the kids. And you had, you had uh, uh, none of the things you thought you'd have, and you certainly have none of the things that they have. Now, I know that that's an extreme because that's how my head works. My head makes things extreme. My head puts things under a, not even a magnifying glass. My head my, it puts them under a Hubble fucking telescope. You know what I mean? It's, it just, and looks all the way to the cellular structure of my concerns and worries. And, and it shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. I understand but you know what exacerbates that sort of headspace? Sitting alone in your apartment all the fucking time. Now, I had chosen to sit alone in my apartment all the fucking time for the past few years uh, because, you know, I was like, all right. And it was easy for me to cocoon myself in in fucking carbs and, and garbage, you know, as I coined last week. You know, I was I was I was making it. So as long as I, you know, I could pay the rent, pay bills and get whatever food, uh, I would sit in the house and I was okay with it. But now, now as you sit in the house, cause you have to, and I can't like, I, I, like I, I wasn't a guy, you know, I'm not a fucking gad about, I'm not a viceroy. I'm not a, I'm not a man about town. I wasn't out all the fucking time. I wasn't I was doing all the things all the time, but I did enjoy the opportunity to be sitting in my house and go, you know what, man? Think I'm gonna go to get a hamburger and go to the movies, and then you, you, I'd leave by myself and I'd go get a hamburger or some barbecue or some whatever the fuck, or I'd go to get sushi and then I'd go to a movie by myself and I fucking enjoyed it. I really liked it. I've I've tied up so much stuff in my head with being an adult. You know, I've, I've I told you guys when I was a kid, uh, you know, you're that thing. I I was I had to parent myself essentially. You know what I mean? If we had no dad, my mom was working. So it was just us home alone. And I'm feeling the loss of that. I'm feeling the void, I guess I should say the void of that from when I was a kid now in my adulthood, because I'm still parenting myself, but I, but I parent myself and allow myself to be the child I would have wanted to be, which, you know, is a fucking mistake. So I, I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> see it's going to be these shows. It's like there's a, there's a reason we waited until Friday, you know, because, again, like I said, I I was talking to Beach this week and I'm, I'm, I'm texting her and, and she was giving me the because here's the thing. Uh, Jesuit does this too. Jesuit wrote me a, t- a text last week and he's like, do you want me to explain why they needed to pass that bill right away for these businesses and stuff like that? And I literally just wrote, ha, 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 no, I'm good. I mean, 
because I I know I'm sure what you're saying is going to be ostensibly right. I that's fine, but but it should have been done so much differently. It's it, it, I I think priorities are completely out of whack. I mean I I and then and again you don't but do you that's and now here's the meat of it. Do you want to hear me say what I think should be done? Hi, Comedy Wilson reporting for duty to tell you how the world should work. Fuck that. Nobody wants to fucking know that. Nobody wants to hear what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, I mean, I just told you earlier how to, how to, uh, how to rail your girl and make sure she comes all the time. You know what I mean? Now, now I'm going to be this guy who's like, let's talk about science. Hold on a second. If you can't, I don't know if you can hear this, but I'm wearing glasses as hard as I can. <laughs> That'll tell you here's, so you know, my opinion counts, you know, my science fucking opinion counts because I am wearing glasses as hard as I fucking can. Oh my God, if you could, I do, if you could just see me right now, I look so fucking authoritative. I am just fucking, I am Clark Kenning the shit out of these fucking glasses and I am looking like a fucking professor. I'm going to tell you whatever the fuck. And you got to believe it because I was a comedian a second ago, but now, oh, hold on, sliding them on. I'm the reverse. When I don't wear my glasses, I'm, yeah, I'm like fucking Superman, comedy Superman. But now I slide the glasses on and look at me. I'm professorial Clark Kent who tells you how to fucking behave with science and shit. And nobody gives a shit about that. But you'll listen to me because I got glasses on. You know what? I need a suit. Oh, maybe I wear a suit and glasses. Maybe I go with that. I adopt that whole new look. Look, man, it's a time for reflection. It's a time to sit in your house and think to yourself, what the fuck could I do differently going forward from this point? And then you think to yourself, well, going forward, that's a laugh. <laughs> that's that's what pops into my head because you don't even want to know what happens with me thinking about going forward because that's what happens when I talk to Bridge. I'm telling her, you know, we're talking. I'm texting back and forth. We're FaceTiming, whatever the fuck. And, um, and, and people, because again, all right, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't have any hope. So I'm a, I'm a bad discussion. I'm not going to lie. When I could talk about movies or I could talk about sports and all that kind of shit, then yeah, you know, you can, you can, then you can always avoid the existential, existential dread that throbbed in the fucking back of your skull as you pondered the fact that things aren't going to be the way you thought they were. And I don't even mean that specifically for me. I'm talking about for the world. For the fucking world. Now, look, I didn't see a great ending for this world, but I'll tell you this. I didn't see an ending for this world. I thought I'd get through it. I was I, I used to joke about the water wars and all that kind of shit. And I used to think, well, you know what? I'll make it through. You know, eventually I'll be I'll be like I told you, I used to think that I'd be 54 and I would die. That was always that was the age I always thought. And then uh, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm rounding that up. I'm going to say 75. I think I'm going to make 75. You know, I feel good about it. And I got to be honest with you. I have now, I am, we have fallen right back into 54 territory and not for any reason, uh, uh, nothing, no fault of my own. It's not like I did anything that made it 54. All of a sudden, every fucking dickhead who ate a bat or fucking has a, is a goddamn, uh, uh, you know, it's like if you use plastic at the grocery store, oh, you've killed the planet. Everything, everybody's dead. Um, and I'm joking about the bat thing. Don't fucking yell at me, please. All right. We're in, it's harsh times. If you want, you know, I, I, I tweeted a thing about, uh, and I put it on Facebook too. And I just said, uh, it's too bad this whole thing was started by a guy eating a bat because, hey, I should eat a bat is the best quarantine thought ever. Uh, I'm sorry, I, uh, I think it's, I, well, all right, for the joke to work, you have to say quarantine twice. So I said, it's a shame this whole quarantine started from a guy eating a bat because, hey, I should eat a bat is the best quarantine thought ever. Uh, and it was received, oh my gosh, it was received with universal uh, applause and everybody loved it by that. I mean, 20 people might've enjoyed it at some point. Uh, but I did get two emails from people telling me what a fucking dick I was and how racist I was. And I'm just like, dude, what, what are you talking about? What is wrong with you? And here's the best part. Like they were from people I've, I don't know. Like normally 
look, man, I'm not popular. I'm not, I'm not, nobody knows the fuck I am. So I, so this guy had to find me on Twitter. Like he, he literally saw the joke and then found out who I was and then went to the website and found, found the address, the email address and sent me a note to tell me it was racist. And, and, and not in it, in it, because also there were, two, all right, I got two emails. One of them was, uh, fuck you, you know, like, you know, you're, you're a shitty person and that's fine, whatever the fuck. But then the second guy was like, he decided he was going to, he, he was disappointed in me. He was going to break it down where, um, you know, we live in hard times and, and I'm not, I'm not even going to fucking read it because I should, I wasn't even going to mention this shit because who the fuck? I don't want to give anybody these credit, but it's not like these fucking guys listen to me anyway. Like I said, they're two people I've never, I've never even met them. They found the joke on fucking Twitter. Because there are professional outrage assholes who are out there. You ever see those fuckheads on the beach with just fucking Hawaiian shirts on and a fucking metal detector trying to find a you know a buffalo penny to change their fucking lives? Well, that's, there's people on Twitter like that. They've got their fucking outrage detector. They got their fucking Hawaiian shirt on, looking for the buffalo racist remark that's going to change somebody else's fucking life, so they can write me a goddamn note and tell me what a fuckhead I am for making a bat soup joke. Fuck off, man. Look, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, it's not racist. It's not at all because I don't give a, I didn't say who ate it. Could have been anybody. Doesn't have to be China. Could be some guy named Rick. I don't know. Fucking Rick, Rick, the bat soup eater. Tell me that's not a funny phrase. Rick, the bat soup eater is fucking gorgeous. That's a guy you want to fucking get behind. That's a guy you want to talk to. That's an interesting fella. That's a guy you got to sit down and break bread with. Let me tell you this. You don't want to have soup with the fucking guy, but you want to sit down and absolutely break bread with the guy and go, Rick, Walk me through the thought process of throwing a bat in a bowl of soup. I can understand it. I don't get it. And look, I'm a fucking weirdo. I look for bugs to eat in Japan and shit like that. I'm that guy. I'll tell you this. You know what? I go to the store now and look, there's a billion fucking chips, right? Because uh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. It's going to be, you know, there's a controversial opinion, but brace yourselves. Uh, we make enough weird fucking food ourselves that bat soup shouldn't be really a, a question mark. Yeah, bats are gross. We think. I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're delicious. I've never eaten one. Who the fuck knows? But are you going to sit here really and tell me that bat soup is worse for you than Pringles? There's no fucking way you could possibly say that. Pringles are a death sentence. Pringles are the fucking worst. Pringles Pringles are so gross. They they serve them in a in a fucking in a tube, like a you know, like food in a tube is always bad, all right? And you're going to say, no, it's a Pringles can. Eh, it's a Pringles can when you're describing a guy's cock. If you're like, he's hung like a Pringles can. Then you're like, all right, yeah, it's a Pringles can. But otherwise, that's a Pringles death tube. That's a potato death tube. That's what Pringles are. And they, and they taste, I've said before, they taste like a salted lie. And here's the thing. I keep buying them. Now, I don't buy the plain ones. I don't buy the regular ones. I only buy them when they come up with some fucked up weird flavor. So if you tell me, hey, man, bat soup ruined the planet, I can come right back and you and go, oh, really? What about Reuben-flavored Pringles? You mean to tell me that didn't fucking ruin a few things? That didn't open up some portal to fucking hell? You don't tell me there's some fucking demon, some Fatoomsh motherfucker who's waiting to come to town and put fucking wires into a hippie's neck because you ate fucking Reuben Pringles? God damn it, don't pretend this isn't happening. Don't pretend the world isn't falling apart because of fucking fake potatoes. I'm going to say it right now. I'm calling it out. I would rather eat bat soup than fucking Pringles. You know what? Oh, you know what's a death? Oh, fuck. What if you crumbled Pringles into a bat soup? Oh, like saltines. Oh, what a mess. Jesus, is that ruin everything in the goddamn planet? But we make enough fucking weird ass food, dude. You know, get a get a fucking Reese's Take Five bar. Like, you know, chocolate bars are one thing. People are like, hey, I like chocolate. Let's press it into bar form. Good. But then you start pouring shit on it and shoving marshmallows and jelly inside. You're like, hey, man, if you know, like even peanut butter cups, that was the next step up. And that's fine. I'm OK with that. Again, Reese's peanut butter cups. That should have been it. 
Two great tastes that taste great together. Chocolate, peanut butter. Done. The end. Uh, nobody nobody needs you or make chocolate and caramel. Two, two ingredients, okay? Chocolate and marshmallow. Disgusting. Fucking horrible for me. I don't like marshmallow, but go ahead. You enjoy it. Chocolate marshmallow. Whatever the fuck. Chocolate covered peeps. Uh, weird ass fucking marshmallowy uh, Christmas trees. Whatever the fuck. That's fine. Chocolate bar. Chocolate and caramel. Chocolate and peanut butter. Chocolate. But like everything with two ingredients. That's it. You start putting like three ingredients in there, man. You're fucking, I don't know what you're doing. You're just, now you're just, you know what you're, you know what you're doing? You're, you're fucking, you're telling God, fuck you. That's what you're doing. You're saying, fuck you to, to God. If you make a candy bar that has more than two ingredients, that's what you're, you're literally punching the Lord in the face. How dare you? How dare you do that? Now, do I believe in the God or any of that bullshit? No, I don't. I, I, I for the, for the purpose of the story of him getting punched in the face, I actually, I, he's, I find him a useful idiot. All right. So there you go. Having Jesus show up and get punched in the face. That's some funny ass shit. Like if you're telling me, oh, there's a God and he's nice and he listens to my sermons and I pray every night and then he won, he made Villanova win the title in 1981, whatever the fuck, good for you, that's fine. If you prayed for Villanova to win or whatever the fuck you prayed for, if you're like, oh my God, the Blackhawks are good now, thanks to Jesus, fine, whatever you want to do, that's fine. But uh, I don't give a shit, that, that, that means nothing to me. But if like, if there's some story where like Jesus steps on a rake and takes one in the face, oh, <laughs> now that's funny. See, now you're, now you're, now I'm on board. If Jesus shows, like I said, he's a useful idiot. If he's going to wind up doing something fucking stupid, like, oh, I don't know, tricking somebody eating a bat soup and ruining fucking humanity. How about that? Not that bat soup ruined humanity. Oh my God. Don't come at me. Bat lovers, soup lovers. Here's the thing. I love soup. I got to be honest with you, man. I love soup so much. If you put a bat in it, I'd probably eat it. We've talked about that on here. We've called this show like swimming through soup. You're just trying to avoid all the shit you don't like. You're just fucking because. And look, I will tell you this. And and again, controversial opinion. Brace yourselves. Uh, I would absolutely eat bat soup over minestrone. Fuck minestrone. Fuck you, Italian vegetable soup that has a bitter, weird beef taste to it. I don't fucking like it. You know what else I don't like in a soup? Green beans. I bought fucking chunky soup with the goddamn sirloin burgers or whatever the fuck. Hey, man, potatoes, carrots. Uh, chunks of celery. That's fine. But a green bean, I'll put a green bean in my soup. It's fucking nasty. Green beans are nasty on their own. When I was a kid, I wouldn't eat green beans unless you fucking, uh, uh, you know what I liked? Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's what kind of a fucking ooh la la asshole I was as a kid. The only green beans I would eat. Uh, I can't believe my mom indulged this. I would only eat French cut green beans. What the fuck? Who are you, man? Really? I'm 11. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I don't spectacles. Uh, mother, mm, I understand you're making us a green vegetable this evening. I will only partake if you can parlez-vous francais those green beans. What the fuck, man? You'll eat what we make. We're poor. We're making powdered fucking milk. I got to go ahead and dice the green beans up the way you want them? But no, mother, if you've seen, there are cans of the French cut pre-done. I'm, I'm sure they have legions of Parisian airs just slicing them by hand and stuffing them into cans with the brine, the filthiest brine. No, they don't, fuckhead. Sit down. We're going to eat, you know what we're having tonight? Hot dogs. Hot dogs with white bread. And if you want to put some fucking cheese on there, guess what we got? We got fucking craft Singles. That's dinner because we're fucking poor. I'm not French cutting your hot dog, you fuck. By the way, back to call girls. How many times do they have to use that sentence? I'm not French cutting your hot dog, you fuck. Money on the table. Leave the money on the fucking table. I'm not French cutting your hot dog, you fucking jag off. Uh, I, I gotta be honest. I don't think I want a, a hooker to yell at me like that. Although, you know what? Fuck. Uh, hookers could just be, uh, uh, they gotta be angry, right? Don't you gotta be angry fucking a million guys a day? That's gotta suck. 
Now, look, if you're an escort, that's fine. You're making your own rules. But there's still that unspoken thing with a guy who he still treats you like shit. You know, because you're still a guy. You still got to take a load from a fella you don't even fucking know. How can you take a load from a guy you don't even know where he went to high school or you don't know anything about the fucking guy? Now, look, I know you're thinking like, I mean, look, I didn't tell all the girls I fucked up where I went to high school. <laughs> what if I did? <laughs> I'm on the road. I meet some girl. Like, hey, I'm going to rail the shit out of you. By the way, Bolingbrook Raiders, how you doing? Uh, cheer, cheer. I did it. I actually sang this song while I fucked them. Cheer, cheer for Bolingbrook High. <laughs> Strike out the banners. Carry them high. Woohoo! Let's all shout our victory cry now. Never surrender. Never die. Do you still know your high school fight song? I know mine, goddammit. And that just because I was fucking Super Raider and I had to lead the fucking crowd in it. We're always loyal. We're always true. We'll fight for victory and and honor too. I'm fighting for honor at Bolingbrook High School, sure. I'm sure Tony Melinda and those fuckheads were all like, oh, we got to don the black and red. Let, let's all cheer the black, red, and white. Come homeward and victory. Raiders, Raiders, we're the best. The best of the rest because we don't mess. We're tough, we're strong. We do no wrong. Go, go, go Raiders. And, uh, and then I just fucking blow all over a chick's tits. I just pull out. That's what I do. I literally, that's how I would time my time with a call girl because you only get a half hour, right? So the first 28 minutes is me talking about what I did in school and Tony Melinda and the fucking, and our hero and all those. I tell them some, sorry, that's how I like to handle my hookers. I like to tell them some random story from high school and then and then I fuck them for two minutes and blow on their chest. That's how I fucking do it. I just, I just throw ropes all over their fucking fake tits and then I leave the money on the table and get the fuck out. And she's like, I'm not French cutting your hot dog, you jag off. I'm like, that's okay. Cheer, cheer for Bowling Brook High. And I'm just fucking just, you know, and, and you know, it's not a, it's not a bad pace. You know, if you're like, bam, 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 cheer, cheer for Bowling Brook High, you're fucking just slapping flesh. Uh, wow. All right. I don't know where that came from at all. <sighs> oh man. All right. So if you're a call girl, please don't take offense at the show. And if you're French, whoever the fuck. Um, or, but then again, if you're a French call girl, I, I think you got right. You have a right to be upset. I've now insulted your green beans and your profession. And I didn't mean to do that. And these are two things. Look, if we know anything about the French, there's two things they care about. They care about their hookers and they care about their green beans and not necessarily in that fucking order. I'm going to call it a fucking top, top of the mountain tie. We fucking, we, that's what I say. All right. Why am I sniffling? Because I've been doing cocaine all day. What if I did? What if I decided now is the time to get into hard drugs? Here's the thing. I got to start doing crack. There's all sorts of shit because the world's ending. There's shit I haven't done. I talked about dropping acid on this show. That never fucking happened. I've never done coke. I've been offered it a million times and never done it. Never smoked any crack. God damn it. Why did I choose food as my destroyer? Because it was easy to get. Because I can still get it now. You know why? That, yeah, fuck you, drug idiots. That's why. I chose food as my destroyer because I can still get food during the pandemic. I can go out right now and get a fucking tube of Pringles if I want and fucking really commit suicide. Ah, oh, Christ. Fucking bat soup. Did you think that would end it? Did you have that in the pool? You know, did you did you have did you have stupid president and bat and bat soup combination destroying the world? I'm wondering because I mean, that's uh, honestly, that's, that's a pretty good combination. And that's a pretty good joke for the fucking universe to play on us to just go ahead and say, Hey man, here's the thing. Um, you can have stupid president. Okay. And we've had stupid presidents in the past. From what I understand, William Howard Taft was a fucking dolt and Miller Fillmore was a fucking clown. We know those guys are idiots. LBJ was just a big fucking hork and hillbilly with a giant cock. Um, by the way, this will make you laugh. Uh, my friend, uh, Bridget, uh, loves presidents and, and, and actually loves LBJ. She'd be furious that I, I took the man on, uh, but he was hung like a, hung with a Pringles can. So there you go. You can't argue about that. Uh, that's why when Trump bragged about his dick at the fucking debate 
and and he was just like, oh, no problems there, believe me, or whatever the fuck. Um, everybody's like, oh my god, I can't believe a president talked about his dick. Um, I've heard about LB, LBJ's dick since I was a kid, like literally, and I think he actually had a name for it or some shit, if I remember correctly. Didn't he have a fucking name? Now he's no Milton Berle taking out just enough to win and fucking trouncing Forrest Tucker. Forrest Tucker, you fucking idiot. Look, man, you F troop motherfucker. You walk around with your big hog. You think you're the fucking man. Then you run into a burl. How weird must that be? Look, because I'm just normal cock Wilson. All right. We know that. That's who I am. I'm just average jo- average cock Joe. But fucking big hog dudes have got to be like, uh, I've got the biggest hog on the planet. And then if you're exposed as not having the biggest hog on the planet, is that... Does that take the wind out of your sails? Are you like happy that you still got a bigger, like remember with me, with my IQ test, let's go ahead and look at it that way. When I had my IQ test, I wanted to be a genius or a retard. I didn't want to be average. I didn't want to be an average fucking guy. I'm like, I want to be a genius or a fucking retard. Nobody wants to be in the fucking middle. So if you're a big cock guy and you realize that someone else is a bigger cock than you, do you immediately just go, oh man, now I'm fucking just normal. Now I'm in the fucking middle. There's big cock dudes and there's little cock dudes and there's just me, just whatever the fuck I'm packing. And that's me all the time. I get that. But I'm just saying, if you're a big cock dude, say you've, say you've got a nine incher, you're like, all right, man, I'm fucking hanging nine inches of hog. And then someone whips out 11 inches of hog. And you're just, do you feel, does you take that as a huge, do you then go, well, you know what? Ah, we're all in the big dick club. Or do you just go, oh man, fuck. Because there's nothing you can do. It's not like you can just go, man, I got to get two inches of cock quick. No, you, you can't. You can't hang with that guy. Literally, you can't hang with that guy. That guy's fucking hanging two inches lower, baby. Milton Burl is two inches lower than Forrest Tucker. There's not a whole lot Forrest Tucker can do about it. Unless he ties it to a horse on the F Troop set and lets it fucking run and stretches the fuck out of it. Maybe he does that. Because the guys do that all the time. I hear about that all the time with the guys hanging the rocks from their dicks and shit like that. That's a fucking real thing, man. You can find that shit on Reddit. Guys are trying to figure out how to fucking lengthen their dicks and there's fucking weights you can use. And I'm like, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. That seems... Look, if you've ever posted anything on the internet, a bigger dick's not going to help you. You know what I mean? It's it's You're just... You're fine. You're going to do what you're going to do. There's nothing you can do. And also, you're not going to make your dick bigger by stretching it the fuck out with a goddamn weight. Who the fuck is doing that? That just sounds like, you know what that sounds like? Some weird shit you'd see tribesmen doing in a National Geographic. You know what I mean? Uh, The ritual between the Borneo tribesmen was when they would tie their dick to an elephant's tail and let it drag him through the forest. Uh, And and, uh, jungle? Forest? I don't know. It could be a forest. Let's go to Narnia. (laughs) There you go. That's what we do. We get a lion. We get a witch. Throw him in a fucking wardrobe. Let's make this happen. Let's get some Turkish fucking delight and tie my cock to an elephant. (laughs) Sorry, I do. I'm sorry. That made me laugh. Just, just that stupid phrase. Uh, man, let's get some Turkish delight and tie my cock to an elephant. All right. Um, here's the deal. I, I, I don't know what what's going to happen. None of us know what's going to happen, right? None of us. We have no idea, no clue, no no fucking. Today they're like everybody's got to wear masks. Here's my favorite brother. Like, hey, everyone's got to wear a mask. And Trump's like, yes, everybody should wear a mask. I'm never going to wear a mask. And everyone's like, wait a minute, what? Like, you're the you're the guy. You're the one who should be wearing the mask. But he can't because he know a he knows how stupid it'll look, and b he can't ever show any weakness. That's the thing. That's his that's his whole fucking deal. He's uh he's as bad as me when I was in my twenties, where it's like you can't look weak at all because you look like a fucking idiot. So he's gonna be like, no, he's gonna he's gonna fight germs. You know who else is doing that? Fucking Dana White. You guys know who Dana White is? All right, I had an episode by year three, whatever the fuck. I met Dana White. Dana White runs the UFC. All right, and then he, when the, in the beginning, when they were just kind of laying the seeds and, and planting the seeds to be popular, they had their first show ever in Los Angeles, and they did this giveaway thing where Dana White, the day of, or like two days before, whatever the fuck, three days before the fight, but the day, he, he was going to be somewhere and you had to meet him, but he wouldn't tell you where. The day of, he would tweet it and, or, or put it out there, and then you had to go find him. 
So it, I, I have a whole episode where I literally ran through a mall. Like, and it, and it, it looked like you want to talk about panic. It looked like I, cause it was a three layer mall and it looked like people were like, which is, I, that sounds weird. That's like a mall's not a cake, a uh, three floor mall, three tiered mall, whatever the fuck. So I show up and, uh, you know, I'm running to go meet him. I'm running through a fucking thing. There's a perfume store, whatever the fuck you go by year three. So, so Dana White was a guy that I, I was on board with, you know what I mean? But he's also very much a fake meathead, fucking steakhead, tough guy. All right. That's what he does now. Cause he was a, he was a boxer size instructor, but now he, he works in combat sports. So it's rubbed off on him that he has to be a, a tough asshole to everybody. I suppose is how you want to look at it. So he, um, he is, and also, so he's a Trump guy, like through and through to the point where like, he's actually friends with Trump. He's been in the Oval Office. He has photos all the time. Um, there's a fighter for the UFC that has, has gone full MAGA as a fucking bit. And so he brought this guy with his title belt to meet Trump. And this guy puts the photos out and fucking vomit. It's just so stupid because all it is is, again, uh, any athlete meeting the president, it's just dumb. From our standpoint, from us, the plebs, you know what I mean? We're just like, whatever the fuck. Great. The Boston Red Sox went to the fucking White House. Who cares? Um, But it's only recently now where with fucking um, Obama or Trump that it turned into a thing where like there was a guy for the Boston Bruins who wouldn't go meet Obama uh, and everybody made a big deal out of it. Oh, my God, I can't believe it's a racist. But then the Golden State Warriors wouldn't go meet Trump. And everybody's like, yay, they're heroes. You know what I mean, it's like, all right, well, as we all know, everything is clearly delineated by what you believe and what you don't believe. Here's what I believe. I believe nobody in the fucking world should care if the Nashville Predators go to the White House. I mean, that's just me. I don't, I don't, who gives a flying fuck? I, I don't care if, if you know, the only thing that makes me happy is if like the old Phoenix Coyotes go and Rafi Torres fucking blindsides Trump with a check and sends him fucking flying. See, now I'm on board. That's great. If Randy Johnson goes to the fucking White House and greases Trump with a fucking high and tight, that's great. Buzz the tower on the president. That's a great story. Let's see you fucking do that. I'm on board. Uh, and same, but same thing with Obama. Say, say the fucking, the Celtics go to meet Obama and Kevin Garnett posts him up and dunks in his face. How fucking gorgeous is that? There you go. Eat that Obama. Fuck that. I just dunked in your fucking face. But that's the deal is like, we we're so stupid now that everybody's like, they care. Everybody cares about this dumb shit. Oh, this guy went here and did that. This guy, there's a, like, I, <laughs> I have to be honest. Do you remember the U S hockey team in 1980? They beat the Russians. The Do You Believe in Miracles team? I was 13, all right? I, I think that was in December. No, it was in February of 8. I might have been even 12, about to be turned 13. And uh, it was it was a big deal. Like, it was fucking crazy because I was a hockey fan. The Russians were machines. Like, the Russian hockey team was fucking insane. They, would, they actually came here and beat our teams until the Philadelphia Flyers beat their ass and sent them home. That was fucking cool as hell. Go find the... Here's what you want to do. If you're, you're trapped in the fucking house with germs floating outside your door. Uh, go watch the Philadelphia Flyers documentary that was on HBO. It's the fucking greatest, the Broad Street Bullies documentary. Because it that'll you if you watch it, you'll get a feel. Because again, if you watch hockey now and you love hockey, hockey's great. I love hockey. Playoff hockey can't be topped. But when I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, hockey, hockey was like fucking rollerball. Hockey was hockey could have been it was essentially uh, a gang fight, but, but you had your weapons on your feet, you know what I mean? And you're, and you were holding sticks instead of the, you know, the, the knives were on your feet. Like it was just dudes hitting dudes in the fucking head all the time. And there are, 
There are merciless cheap shots you can find online. You want to fucking kill time during this pandemic? Go find a Bob Probert fucking highlight reel. I, I used to have, look, when I was a kid, I used to buy hockey fights videotapes. And so I would watch Joey Koser and fucking Bob Probert and my man, Clark fucking Gillies, Jethro motherfucker, who was fucking everybody up. Um, you know, I loved the Islanders growing up because the Islanders, they had my favorite player of all time, Clark Gillies. I loved Mike Bossy, loved Brian Trottier. And when they fucking put the hammer down, when Clark Gillies fought Terry O'Reilly four times in a, in a, in a playoff series, like he just wasn't going to back down and they did, and he fucked him up twice, man. It was great. Um, Bob Nystrom, you know, they just, it, it was hockey was insane. Okay. And, and so when I was a kid, hockey was fucking uh, just off the fucking charts. It was so fun to watch. I remember one, I vividly remember this. I was one time I was in my aunt's basement and I told you my aunt's basement was this fucking fun house, you know, for, for 1980, 1981, when you're fucking 13 years old, I would go to my aunt's house. We'd go downstairs. She had a pool table. She had a pinball machine and an air hockey table. You never had to go upstairs. You never had to, and, and a fridge filled with soda. You never had to fucking move. You just chug Cokes and, and fucking and play. And then she had a fucking this really shitty clock radio. And, you know, she had uh, the, the air hockey table was in a room with all of her sewing supplies. So you would move the sewing supplies. You'd set up the clock radio there and, you'd, and we'd listen to Blackhawks games while we played air hockey. And we'd pretend, you know, we were, we were being the Islanders. We were being the, we'd be. I'd literally do play by play with my brothers. I'd be like, oh, bossy across the Trache, Trache, every butch going, he scores, you know, like all that shit. Loved it. And we were listening to a game once and it was Blackhawks North Stars. And uh, and Pat Foley is a fantastic hockey announcer. He's the Blackhawks announcer. And he was going off and, and you know, he just, you'd have to shoot one. You'd have, you'd have to hear Pat Foley. I grew up with him. He's the fucking greatest. And uh, and Al Secord and, and Steve Larmer and, and Dino Cicerelli and Willie Plett, like these fucking all these names from my, my childhood in hockey. And I was listening once and it was the Minnesota North stars against the Blackhawks. And you know, they, you hear Pat Foley and he's like, Oh, now in the corner and now Secor gets one and then Platt and uh, the gloves are off and uh, all the benches, they're off the benches. Like he's, he started, he, he, there was a bench playing brawl because Cicerelli punched somebody on the Blackhawks bench and everybody spilled out of the fucking ice. Cause back then you could goddamn do that. Back then hockey was just a felony with fucking points. That's all it was. It was a felony with, 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 with goals. It was gorgeous. And in 1980, the United States hockey team was a bunch of kids. Cause again, pros weren't allowed in the Olympics back then, because you know why? Cause it was fucking good. And look, I look, I, I won't lie. I enjoy seeing like the pro hockey teams go at it, but here's the problem. Like, yeah, the Canadian fucking professional hockey Olympic team is fucking awesome to watch. You got Sid and every other motherfucker up there. I'm sure Connor McFadden is going to do something. Is that his name? Connor McFadden off the top of my head. Right? Isn't he the fucking best player in hockey now? God, I hope so. Uh, it's been so long. I haven't read. Like, I don't read. There's no sports to read. There's nothing to follow up by it. So I, you, you can't keep the fucking machine oiled. My brain is like the Tin Man in fucking Wizard of Oz right now. It's like, oil can. Oil can. I need a box score. Or else I won't know anything about anything. Um, Connor McFadden is the Edmonton Oiler, right? Because I know Leon Dreisaitl having a fucking huge year up there. Uh, how do I fucking remember Leon Dreisaitl, but I can't remember Connor McFadden's name. Is it Connor McFadden? Colin McFadden? I did that. Remember that one time I was doing a show and I kept calling Connor McGregor, Colin McGregor. And my ex just walks by once and goes, Connor, honey. And was like, oh, fuck. I feel like such an idiot. But I couldn't cut it out at that point because it was like eight minutes of audio where I kept calling the guy Colin. What a fucking rope head. Jesus, what is wrong with me, man? I don't fucking. 
and I, I get an excuse now. I'm, I, my, my head is, is moth eaten now. It's just fucking destroyed because you're sitting inside doing nothing. And it's like, I'm not even watching TV. That's the thing. I just, I die. That's, and that's what I have to do. I need to fucking draw a line in the sand and go, you know what? I got to write books, not write books. <laughs> what am I fucking, I got to put on a herringbone and write a book. Who the fuck am I? <laughs> Let me light a pipe and write a tome. Nobody wants to hear any fucking book shit from me. You barely want to hear me talk. I'm going to go ahead and sit down. Oh, hold on. I've, I've have a wonderful idea. Oh yes. Oh, listen. Chapter one. Send. Oh yes. Completed. Hold on. Wait. Inspiration has struck. And done. Novel. Send it. Book me. Who is it? Penguin Press. One of those fuckheads. Here you go. Read this pile of shit and get me some money for it. Would you do that? Because I'm trapped in my house with nothing to fucking do but type out a bunch of fucking nonsense. All right. Uh, so what the fuck is I talking about? I'm talking about this, that, and the other. I'm talking about books. Me writing books. Me talking about books. Uh, oh, fuck yeah. So 1980. Uh, like I said, hockey, everybody's murdering everybody, and it's fucking great. It's genius. It's still, and look, it continues into the 80s, but in 1980, there's this respite. Oh, what about, I was talking about the Olympics with fucking uh, Sid. Oh, and Connor McFadden. Uh, there's something to be said for Olympic hockey when it's pros versus pros, as long as your country has a bunch of good pros. Like, America can actually pull it off. We have some decent pros, but Canada, of course, is the, is the that's the place to go, and Russia, and uh, and all that. But if you're... If you're the Dominican Republic, your Olympic hockey team fucking blows, man. And then that's what fucking stacks the deck. Like, if we could just have, like, the amateurs, then maybe the Dominican field's a good team. Maybe there you go. Maybe You ever seen the Brazilian hockey team? They're fucking awful. I mean, uh, look, they're unencumbered by pubic hair, certainly. But at the same time, they're, on the, they're just they're trying to do footy stuff. They're trying to do, like, fucking soccer or football things. And it doesn't work. Because you know why? In soccer, you can't punch a guy in the mandible. But on fucking on fucking hockey, you can on hockey. Is that is hockey a program now? Next <laughs> this week on hockey. <laughs> Next week on hockey. Tonight's episode. Dino Cicerelli sucks. Uh, that episode, by the way, runs in perpetuity. That that episode runs every season. I don't give a fuck how many seasons of hockey you schedule. Dino sucks will always be a fucking episode. Dino sucks. Dino sucks. Uh, nobody likes Dino Cicerelli, but I will say this. What a fantastic name. You know, as a matter of fact, he's the protagonist of my new novel. <laughs> he's the protagonist of my new goddamn novel. I felt so posh about it. I had to say protagonist. He's a protagonist. Dino Cicerelli. Done. Oh, wait, who, wait, who's this who's shown up? Dave Cementhead Cemento? All right, uh, I'm writing a novel about 1980s hockey. Look who's in it. All those guys. Semenko Cicerelli. Uh, that sounds like 601 half a dozen. Uh, you know, Semenko Cicerelli, Cicerelli, Semenko. Let's call the whole thing off. I am naming the show that. Fuck you. I don't care. Semenko Cicerelli, 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 Semenko, Semenko, Cicerelli. Let's call the whole thing off. Uh, it's too long. It's probably too long, but I don't care. I've, it's now in the pipeline. It's in the hopper. It's a possibility. And this show is garbage anyway. This is just a guy futilely swinging a fucking whatever he's got left. He's on fumes because these, his, his life is ending every second. And look, all of our lives are ending every second. That, that can't be argued. Every one of us is one is instantly one second closer to dying every second that goes by. But you, you, you feel it more when you're in the house doing nothing, when you're just fucking 
staring, man. And like I said, I haven't watched any shows. I haven't done anything. Uh, I, I read the internet, which I got to stop. I got to fucking, oh, uh, fuck. All right, hold on. There was, I had a point. In 1980, when the United States hockey team beat the Russians, it was a big deal because it was a bunch of kids beating the Russians. And the Russians were essentially a pro team. They were a monolith. They were fucking creepy as fuck. They would just come down. Creepy seems strong. Creepy seems like a weird word for a good team. What if, what, what, you know what? Bullshit. There's no rules anymore. I'm taking ownership of creepy and spinning it around to mean like a badass team. Oh, man, the fucking 85 Bears were creepy. They would just fuck dudes up. It was ridiculous. 44 nothing in Dallas. That was the game where they really arrived in the fucking national consciousness. That was a fucking 80. That was a creepy 85 Bears team right there. Fridge on the line. Flanked by goddamn Mongo. Dan Hampton on the edge coming with Richard Dent. This fucking team can't be stopped. You want a piece? You, want, you think you can handle Mike Hartenstein's title? You think you can handle 73 coming into your backfield and punching Steve Grogan in the face? I don't think you can. It's a goddamn safety, baby. You think Reggie Phillips catching a fucking interception and sprinting into the end zone and heaven did, and you know, and by the way, you don't think Reggie Phillips dines out on that fucking story the rest of his goddamn life. The 85 bears, are the 85 bears, uh, they were the Bears shuffling crew uh, doing it for you. Quite frankly, uh, they were so bad. They knew they were good blowing your mind. Like they knew they would. All right. <laughs> number 48 in your program. Number one in your hearts, Reggie Phillips, uh, scored a Super Bowl touchdown. Refrigerator Perry, Super Bowl touchdown. You know who didn't get a Super Bowl touchdown? Walter Payton. You know why? Because Mike Ditka is a fucking clown. All right. We're airing out all the grievances now. That's it. Let's go. Let's get as let's get as micro as you possibly can. Fuck macro. If you think about the world, it's over. As I've talked about many times on this podcast and others. But let's get micro. Let's really talk about the things that bother people. Like the fact that Mike Ditka thought they were going to keep raining points on the fucking Patriots heads so he wouldn't give Payton his touchdown. Jim McMahon scored twice in that goddamn game. Matt Suey scored in that fucking game. And you don't get Walter a touchdown. What the fuck? Walter, who for years had thrown that team on his back and carried them with Bob Avellini. He had it literally just for all the years that Walter Payton had to stare at Bob Avellini's ass. You give him a Super Bowl touchdown. Literally, he's behind them in the backfield, hucking hand on the ground, looking up. And he's just like, look at that Avellini ass. I can't handle that Avellini ass anymore. I got to get him the fuck out of here. And then even worse, Phipps ass. Oh man, he's got to look at Phipps ass. Did fucking Peyton ever look at Gary Huff ass? I don't know if he did, but he had to look at a bunch of bad asses in that backfield. Even, even the year they won the fucking Super Bowl, he had to look at fucking uh, uh, Steve Fuller ass. Nobody wants to look at Steve Fuller ass, but it's better than a Mike Phipps ass. And it's certainly better than a Bob Avellini ass. And he had to look at a fucking Noah Jackson ass and a Reeve Sori ass. Think about that. Think about what's in Walter Payton's head. He had to look at a fucking Dan Neal ass. Oh, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to talk about old bears asses. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You think? And it was bad enough for like, remember when Neil Anderson had to look at Jim Miller's ass? Did he? I hope so. I don't know. I'm trying to mix and match here. Max is going to fucking yell at me. Uh, I'll tell you what I looked at. I looked at Ricky Watts's ass. I went to a bears game in 1980. It was fucking gorgeous. Bears had to win by 33 points and Washington had to beat Dallas in order for the Bears to make the playoffs. Doesn't that sound like an unlikely combination like that would ever happen? And guess what? It did. Bears won 42 to six. And then in the car on the way home, me, my brother Lenny and Joe Tishy listened to the end of Washington, Dallas and Washington won as time ran out. And, and it was insane. It was fucking insane. We went to the playoffs. We ran on the field in that game. I think I've told you that story. Uh, when the Bears won 42 to six, Walter Payton won the rushing title. Fuck you, OJ Anderson. And then we all we ran onto Soldier Field on the field. It was the second time I'd ever been on the field in my life. Uh, the first time was when I went in fifth grade because I was part of Kyle Rote Jr.'s physical fitness club. That's right. I got a presidential award for physical fitness in fifth grade because I was really good at soccer. Me and Mike Pacetti and a bunch of other people in my fucking school. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. See, this is when you have no stories left to tell. When you and you can't live a life, you can't go out and do anything. I can't create memories or experiences anymore. So I've got a mind through my head like it's a fucking. You know, I, I'm playing a game now called The Witcher, and he keeps showing up at these like graveyards, and he has to go down into these catacombs, and he gets attacked by wraiths and ghosts of the past, and and it's funny. I see it, and I go, "That's my head. That's 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 my head." I constantly have to go into these old fucking catacombs and try to unearth some sort of fucking wraith or ghost to bring you guys every single fucking week because no new, there's no, no ghosts are being, no new ghosts are being made. Uh, so, so in 1980, we still had amateurs in the fucking, in, in playing hockey, right? Playing in the Olympics. And, uh, and except for the Russians, the Russians had no, fu- that was the whole deal. Cause they, you'd have to be around in 1980 because we used to hate the Russians. Now they're our boyfriend. But back then the Russians were like dicks and they, we, they took a bunch of drugs and they fucking, they won all the Olympics and they were our, they were our top rival. Uh, Misha, the bear against uh, Eddie, the Eagle, America, whatever the fuck. And uh, it defined my childhood in a, in a small way, sports-wise, and as well as the fear of nuclear war. We were always told Russia was coming, the Cold War, whatever the fuck. Not like I wasn't alive during the Cold War, but I was alive in the 70s and the 80s. And Russia was our, I mean, our fucking, you know, it's funny. You think Trump says dumb shit now, and he does, clearly. One time, Ronald Reagan went on a microphone. This is totally true. He went on a fucking microphone, and he said, uh, I'm pleased to announce that I've signed legislation outlawing Russia. We begin bombing in five minutes. He said this on a live microphone. Now, did he know it was a live microphone? I don't fucking know. That guy, he, the guy used to hang out with a chimp. And I think it's a fucking loon. Literally, his wife is known as the blowjob queen of Hollywood. These are true stories. You can look them up. I'm not making shit up. Normally, you hear me. I make up a bunch of dumb shit. And you're like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Uh, this one is true. Nancy Reagan was known for giving the best head in Hollywood. Fucking Sinatra, she blew him, she blew everybody. And she winds up marrying Ronnie, and fucking Ronnie's a doddering old fool. That fucking dude, his brain was Swiss cheese by the time his fucking second term was ending. He helps the Contras and everybody other... Ah, fuck, nobody cares. I'm going to talk about the Contras? Jesus Christ! Let's talk about the Contras. This whole thing started great. I was talking about Pringles being a lie, a salted lie, and just as bad as bat soup. And look what we do now. We spin off into the Contras. Nobody wants to... Again, I, I, take your glasses off, idiot. You know, eh, you know, what you don't understand about the Iran-Contra affair, when Ali North lied on the stand, shot the fuck up. Comedy Jones. You know who you are? You're fucking, you're Bob Ha Ha. You live in a closet that I open when I want to laugh. Don't fucking tell me your fucking opinions about what the fuck Reagan did. The the extent of your conversation should be Miller Fillmore was adult and Warren G. Harding was an idiot and LBJ had a big cock. That's it. And JFK had a head wound. There you go. That's your, that's your presidential knowledge. That's all you got. That's all you should ever have. And Obama could sing. And I learned that this week. Well, I didn't learn it this week. I remembered it because it, somebody posted a clip. Remember when, Al, when fucking Obama was in a room with Al Green? And he's like, the Reverend Al Green is here. And he goes, I am so in love with you. And everybody, everybody goes crazy because, again, it was awesome. He could actually sing. He carried a tune. It was really good. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I watched that this week and I almost cried. I was like, remember that guy? Remember him? Now, you know, did he also drone bomb the shit out of everybody in murder countries? Yes. Is he responsible for billions of deaths? Well, billions seem strong, but so fucking what? Yes. Did he did he did he fuck up in 2008 when he could have bailed everybody the fuck out? And instead, he bailed out the car industry and all these other banking idiots. And now they're fucking coming back for more. Every, everybody, this whole fucking world is is Oliver. And uh, and here's the thing. It's Oliver and all the corporations are fucking Oliver. Please, sir. I want some more. And and all of us are supposed to be the guy who goes more. But instead, the government goes, yeah, okay, here's some more. And Oliver ends. If if the government wrote Oliver, 
it would be over in fucking 90 seconds because Oliver would get more. He'd be the corporations who show up with a hat and go, please, sir, could I have some more? And the U.S., instead of going, more, they would say, yes, of course. As a matter of fact, we'll give you another hat to fill up. You know what? Fuck a hat. We'll give you a goddamn wardrobe to fill up with, again, lions, witches, Turkish delight, and all the more you could possibly want. Who wants more? You want more? Everybody gets more. And then people would come up and go, hey, blimey, you're giving him more. Can we get more? And everybody would be like, fuck you. You don't get anything, you fucks. You know what you get to do? You get to fix the wardrobe. As a matter of fact, they get more, and you got to carry your their more out to the car and load it into their fucking car. Carry the more. That's who you are you fucking nobodies. And that's people. That's citizens. And Oliver's over then in 90 seconds. Uh, which I got to be honest, you think the film industry would be happy with that? I think they would. If they get a movie that ran, you know, it was like 90 seconds long, so you could show, how many times could you show that in a day? Just got to clean up the theater and turn it over. Probably you could, show, I bet you could show a 90 second movie 50 times in a day. And I know you're like, well, that seems conservative. No, but think about it. Cause that's, you're looking at 50 minutes and then half over. So you get another 25. So you get it 75 minutes. So that's just an hour and 15 minutes of running time. But you got trailers. You got to sit people down. You got to give them the speech. They got to fucking eat. And then you got to clean up the theater after. And you got to sell tickets and rush people in and out. Uh, 50. Well, you know what? Now that I think about it, as I describe it, 50 does seem conservative. I'll bet 100. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go 100 times. You could show a 90 second movie. And you charge full price, of course. You know why? Because the movie companies want more. And they're going to get it. Because they're also a corporation. I see that now where like restaurants are like, Hey man, you should bail us out and and casinos. Fuck you casinos. I've talked about this before. I don't want to get into it. All right. So in 1980, uh, amateurs are in the fucking, they're playing hockey, right? They're rolling around. And like I said, if, if when it was amateurs, it was fun because then some, some team from the Bahamas, there was like a, there used to be, it was a running joke one time. There was a, uh, who was it? The fucking Jamaican bobsled team. That's what it was. They were sledding. And they were like, oh, hey, man, Irie, Irie, we want them to be a sledders or whatever the fuck. And everybody's like, yay, that's awesome. Look at these black guys in the snow. And I was like, happy. And then they make a movie about it with John Candy. And everybody's like, oh, so fun. Uh, but then they let the pros in, man. And I got I to be honest with you. There's no professional bobsledders in Jamaica, like none. Like, I mean, there's there's I think in Jamaica they have uh, they might have cab drivers. They have people who work at resorts and then they have uh Awesome people who just want to live on their island and be left the fuck alone. That's what they have. But I, th- I, th- I would think resorts and the uh, the hospitality industry to me would be the the largest employer on uh, in Jamaica on Jamaica in Jamaica. Uh, and then you've got other people there. I'm sure who who you know we got to be doctors and lawyers and Indian chiefs. Uh, those they're all there as well. Teachers and school people and whatever the fuck. Um, it's a nation. It's a nation like any other. Well, no, it's a nation unlike any other because it had a bobsled team with no fucking snow. How the fuck did you guys pull that off? The fuck did they do? Did I, now that I think about it, I didn't, you know, I never really thought about that story. There was a Jamaican bobsled team and I, you know, in the abstract, you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. But then if you really got to fucking crunch the numbers on it, you're like, how the fuck did they even train? The fuck did these guys do? I mean, you're just you're, you're living in Plantainville and all of a sudden you're fucking rolling a sled through the jungle. How the fuck does that work? Is Jamaica a jungle? I've never been. Um, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's tropical, right? Tropicals are jungles because like I said, it's forests. If you're if you're in the Shire, that's a fucking forest. It's not a jungle. But if you're in Jamaica or somewhere like that, that's a jungle, right? Because there's big ass palm fronds and shit like that. But also there's palm trees in, in California. That's not a jungle. 
I don't know what the fuck. Look, I don't, I don't come at me with your fucking plant-based semantic words. I don't need to know what a jungle and a forest is. If a jungle fought a forest, who wins? Let me ask you this. If a forest goes at it with a jungle, who are you backing? You know who I'm going with? Jungle. I back jungle every fucking time. Forest sounds twee. Forest sounds like you got a bunch of fucking hobbits hopping around and like a magical fucking never-ending story bullshit flying bed. But if you go to a fucking jungle, that's fucked up. Jungle's got panthers and guys with machetes and shit like that. That's badass. You want to bring your flying bed over here? You fucking weirdo. You fucking twinkle your nose and think you're going to fly all fucking through town on your goddamn uh, uh, double wide? It's not happening. A guy with a machete is going to cut you down. And then a bunch of giant spiders are going to eat the fuck out of you. You want to be eaten by giant spiders? Try to fly your bed into Jamaica, you fuck. Come on, forest fucks. Take on the jungle. I dare you. I fucking dare you. Put on your cloak with your tall collar. And you think you're going to bring Gandalf over with his fucking long ass beard and a staff. And you're going to try to invade a jungle. You think you fuckheads are going to invade a jungle and shit's going to happen. Smeagol's going to lead you into the jungle. Smeagol leads you into the forest. No doubt. Because you can make it through the forest with Smeagol. But if you go to the fucking jungle, you know what happens? A tiger eats Smeagol the first fucking day. Then what do you do? Then what do you do, Mr. Fucking uh, uh, Hobbit? Mr. Fucking Sean Astin? What do you guys do? Uh, uh, I can't even remember his fucking name. I'm trying to pull the mister. I can't. Holy shit. Uh... Mr. Samwise Gamgee, right? Mr. Gamgee, Mr. Samwise, Mr. Sam, I fucking, who knows? Just ignore me. I don't know anything. I'm just talking in circles. My brain hurts. I've been cooped up in a fucking house, but I, I, but it's not, you know what? It's not, I'm not too far gone to know that a jungle beats a forest in a fight every goddamn time. Forest can come over. That's, I don't give a fuck. Bring a Balrog. We'll fuck you up. We're a jungle. We got all sorts of crazy shit in there that you don't even know about. We got spiders the size of a fucking uh, Volkswagen and and people don't even see them. They're there, but they come out can't photograph them. You know what? Let me tell you this. I'm going to say this right fucking now. In every single jungle in the world, rainforest, fucking tropical, whatever the fuck, every jungle, there's a spider the size of a Volkswagen. Multiple spiders the size of Volkswagens. I'm telling you that right now. And I know you're thinking to myself, you're yourself, oh, well, fuck, Mike, why? We don't have any proof. You know why you don't have proof? Because there's spiders the size of fucking Volkswagens. That why? You think they're going to let the fucking proof get out? You think, you think, let me ask you this. You think you, you Terry Thomas, pith helmet wearing motherfucker, you're going to go on an expedition into the jungle and snap a photo of a Volkswagen sized spider. Not fucking happening. You know why? Because the second you fucking go, oh, jolly good. There he is. Let's get a snap. He fucking charges out, spins a goddamn web and you're in there saying, help me before you can fucking think twice. That spider's wearing your pith helmet and making laughs at you. He's fucking pointing at you and just fucking joking around. Before he eats you, before he lays his spider eggs in your guts, you want that to happen? Then go to Jamaica. <laughs> go to Jamaica, man. Go to the jungle. Mr. Frodo. God damn it. Now it finally gets showed up. Uh, all right. So there he is. Frodo. I couldn't remember Frodo's fucking name. See, again, man, my fucking brain's falling apart. I'm 52 years old. Everything's fucking over. That dude from Fountains of Wayne died. He's 52 years old. Now, look, everybody, of course, made it about themselves. I drank at a fountain once. Oh, I like Batman and he was Bruce Wayne. I'm so sad. Shut the fuck up. Uh, But many times there are connecting words. I don't know what exactly you'd call them. Not prepositions or whatever, but I will tell you this. uh, I do enjoy and, but, and, or, but my favorite connecting word is of and Fountains of Wayne used it very uh, in a wonderful way. And so I love Adam Schlesinger and I'm sad. Shut the fuck up. Stop typing. Oh, so disappointed to see the death of Adam Schlesinger. He was my favorite no-name bassist who wrote a bunch of songs that I couldn't possibly sing if you had me at gunpoint. Send. Uh, look, I have three Fountains of Wayne albums, and I couldn't tell you more than five songs. I couldn't. Uh, but also, when you read about his career, it's okay to be sad and understand, you know, hey, this is a, this is a loss. 
you know, this is a guy, because again, all the people who did it actually have personal connections to him are like, he's a lovely guy, did amazing things, and uh, and we're proud to have known him, and it's a shame that he's gone. And all of that is totally true, because it, when you lose art or you lose beauty, that is, uh, that's a blow, particularly in what the fuck we got going now. You know what I mean? When, when it's just this pile of fucking hacks just divvying up the goddamn country or the world or whatever the fuck and just and just just being stupid you know what i mean they're just the kind of assholes who would just sit there and bloviate at you over a dinner table while their tie was in their soup that's that's who runs this country a bunch of tie in the soup motherfuckers nobody likes that so then when an Adam Schlesinger comes along, who's like a wonderful man who, who has talent and has brought happiness and joy to people and was able to articulate his talent in such a way to go ahead and cross barriers and, and, and be enjoyed by multiple generations of people in, in different mediums, it's a blow. It's a blow for the fucking planet. Uh, and the reason it hit me so hard was not because I was like, oh my, well, Yes, because again, it's a blow for the planet. You lose beauty, you lose art. That's always bad. But also, this fucking guy is 52. I, I guess who else is 52? I'll give you two guesses and the first doesn't fucking count. It's your boy here on open microphone night. And and, and it is, uh, that was fucking, that was, but look, I'm staying in anyway. But finding out healthy, rich 52-year-old guy ate it? When you're looking at fucking uh, living literally minute to minute fat guy? You think you think I got a chance? I don't have a chance. The fucking Fountains of Wayne guy died. He's fifty two. He's got all the money in the fucking world. I I I'm here through May. I'm pretty good through May. I think I'm okay through May. I'm definitely gonna make April, and I think I'm good through May, courtesy of a lot of you who were very kind to me. Um, but holy fuck a moly! I mean, I saw that. I'm like Jesus Christ. And then because again, because look. When you hear an infant dies, you're like, nah, fucking dead baby. God damn it. Cause those are never good. That's not, it's look, can we all agree with that? Dead baby's never a good story unless it's Rosemary's baby. And you put a fucking crucifix right through its fucking heart. Although let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you this seriously about Rosemary's baby. I have one question and I, and I need an answer. What have you done to its eyes? <laughs> That's I, I just have to know if there's, if there's anything I need to know about Rosemary's baby, it's one thing. What have you done to its eyes? All right. Uh, <laughs> so, so in 1980, <laughs> Olympic athletes were still amateurs. All right. And so the U.S. sent an amateur hockey team to beat up the Russians and the Russians were fucking badasses. They were tough guys. And it was a seminal moment, certainly in sports. It made it made Al Michaels career. The Do You Believe in Miracles call made him at the forefront, put him at the forefront of every person who was a sports fan. Uh, and he's a terrific broadcaster as well, but also that leg up did not hurt. A nation heard that call and still hears it to this fucking day. It is, it is iconic. And for them to win. And I, I still knew the name, know the names of the guys. I know Ken Morrow cause Ken Morrow that year won an Olympic gold medal and a Stanley cup at the New York Islanders. He went right from the fucking Olympics to go play with the Islanders and also won the cup in 1980. Um, Michael Ruzioni, of course, uh, Mark Johnson, you know, there's a, there's a, Jim Craig was the goalie. Like these are names that have, they're, they're emblazoned on my brain because of, it was such a large event. So, uh, so this year is the 40th anniversary of them winning the title or winning whatever the fuck, winning the gold medal. 
And so they, there was a, there was a point to this. I promise they, and so, cause it was, it was in the, this was filed under the, Hey man, everybody's stupid. Remember when I was talking about that? Remember when I, how about when I wasn't talking about that? Cause I remember that. No. Uh, so in 1980, they win the fucking gold medal. So this is the 40th year anniversary. So of course, fucking chowderhead in the white house is like, Hey, you know what? Let me gravy train some fucking, uh, some goodwill by having these guys show up. So he invites him to some fucking rally. I don't even know. It might've been in Lake Placid. I don't know where the fuck it was. All I know is the the Olympic team from 1980 shows up and they're 40 years older. So again, they're all, they're all like 70 and they show up on stage and they, they fucking all wear the fucking hat. They wear the, the goofy ass MAGA hat, right? The red hat with the fucking, the slogan. And they meet him on stage and they shake his hand and, and yay. And it's, and it's been one of his rallies, of course. So if there's anything the people in those rallies care about, it's the flag and America as if that means anything to anyone anymore. Now, look, if you served in the military, I'm certainly not discounting you in your opinion. Good for you. You fought for this country. Thank you so much for spilling blood or tears or sweat. If you've shed any of those things in the name of patriotism or this country, I salute you and thank you for your service. Uh, I never did. I didn't. I was not good enough to do that. I was not interested enough. I was not invested enough. And I took for granted probably your uh, the, the protections you provided for me. So please know that I am grateful to you again for signing up for the army. I will tell you this. When I was a kid, I used to be, I used to go the other way with it. Like when everybody would come at me with the, ah, I was in the army uh, and I'd be like, well, maybe you should have graduated high school. Like I would, I was always a dick about it. Um, but again, you evolve in your thinking as you get older. So I respect, I mean, it's not that I didn't respect military people. It's just, I didn't understand it. And I still don't understand it. Cause I don't, I, I, I'm not going to self-sacrifice. What the fuck am I going to do? I'm going to go peel potatoes for this country. I'm not beetle fucking Bailey. Get the fuck off my back. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy the fruits of your labors. Go protect the border, motherfucker. And let me go to the movies. Uh, see that, see that guy comes out and he lives inside me as well. But if you're a military guy, good for you. Thank you so much for all the cool things that you did for this country. Uh, I don't know if they were cool, really murdering people, but good for you. Whatever the fuck. Keep us safe. Thank you. I'm glad you did it. And even if you know what, you might've been a, a non-wartime fucking combatant. You know, I'm t- all these people from the Gulf war and shit like that. You know, that that's, I can't even imagine it. I don't even want to think about it. How fucking, Again, I'm talking about camelback spiders in the jungle. These guys are actually living it in Iraq. There's no jungle in Iraq. You know what? There is Iraq is a jungle, but it's a sand jungle. There's no trees for shade. Just fucking sandworms and shit like that. What the fuck? You ever see Beetlejuice? You ever see Beetlejuice when they fucking went to the sandworm world? That's fucking Iraq. You didn't realize that, did you? All these fucking dudes. No wonder they got PTSD. They come back over here. They need to get a fucking massage every goddamn day. They got fucking shrapnel in their heads. And I mean, it's just memories. Can you imagine that? You can get fucking, hey, if there's shrapnel in your arm, they can fucking do a fucking surgery and take it out of you. If you got shrapnel in your head because you watched a buddy get eaten by a giant camelback fucking spider, you can't get that shit out of your brain. They can't do an operation that removes that shit unless you want to go fucking full-blown goddamn hit me chief, I'm open. Then you're fucking RP McMurphy and somebody puts a fucking pillow over your face, throws a sink through a window and runs off into the fucking distance. And that's fine. I can appreciate that. Jesus Christ. So if you're a military guy, good for you. Thanks. I, you know, I salute you, Gary Moore and, and, and Phil and did a song called military man. Go ahead and listen to it. Doesn't matter if you're black or if you're white, it doesn't matter if you're wrong or if you're right, but they will no victory till the day is done. Sorry. Uh, no gun, no, uh, no flag or uniform ever stopped a bullet from a gun out in the fields. I'm mixing songs. I'm mixing military men and out in the fields. I just did a jam. You know, I did a mashup. I did a mash-em-up for you right there. That was an Irish mash-em-up. Phil Lenat and Gary Moore, 
two former members of Thin Lizzy. I can't believe I'm not going to see the Phil Anat statue. That's why I wanted to go to Ireland. I wanted to do it. I wanted to see Phil Anat in all his glory. <sighs> so uh, <laughs> the boys will never be back in town now because of this this thing. Did you realize that? That's the tragedy of this entire thing. The boys will never be back in town. You're thinking to yourself, hey, the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. The boys are back. The boys are back. Nope. No, coronavirus kept them out. They're at the border trying to get into town. The boys are trying to get in town. The boys are trying to get in town. Doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? No, it doesn't. Look at what this fucking goddamn pandemic has ruined. (laughs) Guess who just got back today? Got stopped at the border for two weeks and had to hide in an apartment, but that's okay. They're just trying to go ahead and be healthy, you say, but uh, man, I still think them cats are contagious. (laughs) Dude, they were asking if you were around. They wanted to touch your face without a mask in town. Oh, no. The fucking boys have come back to town to spread disease. Keep those motherfuckers quarantined, goddammit. <laughs> the boys are at the border. The boys are at the border. Ding, ding, ding. The boys are back in town, but we're not letting them in. All right. Uh, this is stupid. Um, so in 1980. <laughs> so the MAGA idiots, they, they show up on stage with Trump and they shake his hand and they're like, wee. And everybody's like, yay, America. Woohoo. Red, white, and blue. Lee Greenwood. Yes. Everybody wear that hat. Because uh, that's all it is. Now, I'm proud to be American and be that good to do. Good for you. Uh, but but what happens is these ass fucks, they wear the hats and then they shake Trump's hand, right? And, and, and then it goes viral because it's a Trump rally. It didn't even go viral. It was just on fucking TV. And, uh, and fucking the, the stupid part is like, who gives a fuck? Because I got news for you. These are 70 year old men. Of course they love Trump. Why the fuck wouldn't they love Trump? What are you, you're expecting Mike Ruzioni to be in the resistance? It's not fucking happening. The guy's, guy's made a fucking career on the flag. Literally, he's he's the Aladdin of, of U.S. Olympic hockey. He flies in on the flag like it's a goddamn magic carpet every year around the Olympics. And then they fucking talk to him about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that goal was amazing. Ha ha. We beat the Russians. And then he collects another $75 by selling you some commemorative fucking bronze coin with his face on it. Those guys have built, they, they dine out constantly on America. So of course they're going to shake the president's fucking hand. It's something they're going to get there. Did you expect, did you really expect Jim Craig to go double bird? Fuck you. Like Steve Austin and just like throw an RKO out of nowhere onto fucking Trump. Go a Randy Orton. You think that's going to fucking happen? No, these ass fucks are going to go on stage because they know who's fed them for the last 40 years. They have dined out on the red, the white and the goddamn blue. They've eaten bowls of fucking Pledge of Allegiance lyrics for years and fucking years. That's what's kept them alive. They can go to card shows and sign things. And everybody's like, literally, I'm sure military fuckheads walk up and salute them. Thank you for your service. You, you made us proud. What the fuck? You're a hockey team. You beat the fucking Russians. Good for you. And look, it was a magic moment. It was a magic moment. This magic. Sorry. Um, no doubt. But uh, they're just fucking hockey idiots. So they show up at this rally and then they shake Trump's hand and they wear the hats, which is fine. Who gives a fuck? Nobody should. They're, they're 8,000 years old. They're exactly the kind of guys you would think would be in charge. They literally, they made their name on doing things for America. And now they're they're. Of course, they love Trump. Of course, they love America. And even if they don't love Trump, they're going to keep it quiet because they still want to go out and, and sign flags or whatever the fuck. But sure enough, fucking it, it gets thrown into the outrage machine and fucking Twitter's like, oh, man, the fucking 1980 hockey team is canceled. I can't fucking believe they would meet Trump. Oh, this is fucking disgusting. Oh, great. Now my childhood is ruined because the fucking 1980 hockey team. What the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? 
Why the fuck do you care that a pile of old men stacked like cordwood wrapped in a flag went and shook fucking Trump's hand? Of course they did. Why would you think they wouldn't? What did you really think? And also, I don't know who you, who this, why did this make you sad? If there, if anyone among you still counts Dave Johnson or any of the 1980 U.S. Hockey Olympians as your personal hero, you got to grow up. You got to move past it. I mean, they could have meant something to you when they won the thing. And 40 years later, it could be a cool ass treasured memory for you. But if you are, are, if anything in your life is affected by anything, any act taken by anyone on the U.S. Olympic team from the 1980 Russian defeating gold medal winning fucking title round, rethink your existence. But these people fucking lost their minds on Twitter. And so I tweeted, here's what I tweeted again. I mean, I know you don't give a fuck. Oh, well, Mike, let's hear your tweet. Hold on. I'm going to type it for you right now. Here's what I typed. I just typed, oh no, Mike Arruzzioni wore a hat. And I just said, this this site is a hellscape. Because it, it, I, there's no reason to be mad. There's none at those assholes. There's no reason. To, I mean, look, you can be mad at senators and anybody else who's conspiring to cover up for this shithead. This guy's a fucking shitheel from the jump and he's ruining everything and we get that. But you know what? If the Washington Nationals, Kurt Suzuki wants to go and, and golf with the president, they're fucking Ryan Zimmerman. Like It's like when Michelle Obama was, was talking to George Bush and she was hugging him or whatever the fuck, and everybody's like, oh, well, I guess you're friends with the war criminal. Oh, that's fucking amazing. And same thing with Ellen DeGeneres. Um, by the way, if you're mad at Ellen DeGeneres for hanging out with George Bush because he's a war criminal, I have some news for you. Perhaps you should be more upset with George Bush for hanging out with Ellen DeGeneres because she is a living fucking nightmare. Maybe that should be the thing you should think about. Anyway, uh, um, seriously, if you are if you are affected by anything that these people do, you know, like I said, they cancel them immediately. Oh my god, I can't believe Michelle Obama would hang out with George Bush. Blah blah blah. Well, you know what? I'm I'm maybe maybe George Bush has a great banana bread recipe. Maybe he's a nice conversationalist. Maybe he and uh, Michelle Obama get along over a nice bowl of bat soup. Who the fuck knows? I'm sure they don't talk about drone murders, even though they certainly have that in common. Although Michelle, I guess, doesn't. Although you got to think Barack brought her into fucking meetings at one time and said, hey, should we drone the fuck out of Norway? What should we do here? She said, yes. Uh, I, I don't know why that affects people in the least, but everybody, they all have to fucking wind up the outrage machine and just fucking go for it and just lob bombs at anybody who's doing anything that they don't like. 80-year-old men wearing hats is not a crime. The Washington Nationals golfing with Trump the fucking Red Sox going there. And, and look, and conversely, on the other side of this, when the Golden State Warriors go, hey, man, we're not going to go fucking meet Trump. You don't get to be assholes and go, he's your president too, motherfucker. You need to show up and meet him and you go fucking. No, no, they don't. They don't have to. Nobody has to. This whole thing where sports guys have to get involved in politics or celebrities have to, like if they choose to, whatever the fuck, then you know what? Pillory them. Get your fucking punji sticks out and push them into a hole and make them land on it and let's do fucking all of that shit. All right? Go ahead. You want to be mad and outraged and all that shit? Get 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 out the long knives. But, but th- this thing where you're mad because sports guys won't do this or sports guys do do this or celebrity, it just it's just you're stepping on your own dick and... You're, you're, you're putting your faith in, in a lot of misguided vessels. You don't need to do that, man. You don't. 
Does it mean anything to you that the Atlanta Falcons met John Donald Trump? Does it really? Does that make does that ruin things for you? I mean, I don't know, I guess. Maybe it does for some people. Do you wish these people would have but, but I don't even I can't even say that. I can't sit here and wish that the New England Patriots had a had a better uh, you know, take on things than the than Trump. Who gives a shit? I don't give a shit about the New England Patriots. I don't give a shit about the fucking Cavaliers. Or just think about the fucking the, the silliness of this. Oh my god, I can't believe the fucking Tampa Bay Rays support Trump. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it means nothing, man. If there's anything I can tell you now, and if there's anything that should resonate with you right now in this time, in this world, right this second. If there's anything that can resonate with you right now, more than any time at all in your short time on this planet, it's this. Nothing matters. None of this stuff outside of your purview matters. All that matters is being happy and taking care of the people you love. That's it. I mean, we want to be good. We want to be kind. You want to take care of everybody you can. You want to help people. That's it. Help people be happy and take care of the people you love. And then look, is it easy to be happy during a fucking pandemic? No, it's not. And that's one of the reasons why I look, I'll I'll admit the show's fucking late again. Yes, I get it. Because in my brain, I'm like, fuck, all I'm going to talk about is this illness. All I'm going to talk about is this fucking pandemic. And, and, and it wells inside you because you want to vomit it all over everybody. And like I said earlier, you know, Bridge is telling me cool things. Like she's, she saw this thing about Oscar Wilde and he was talking about socialism and the difference in the void between the rich and the poor. And she's like, this is a struggle that's always gone. And so, you know, there's hope. And, and in my mind, I'm like, no, there's no hope. Cause you're just literally telling me that, that 150 years ago, the same things were happening class divide and racism and, and all of those things were, were eating us alive and still are. And so that's, that's why you don't want to talk to me about this kind of thing. Cause I mean, that's what I thought sitting down here to record. I, I kept going, man, I'm just going to bum everybody out. Schlepprock going to show up with the black cloud and fucking just acid rain all over everybody's face. It's going to be terrible because all I want to talk about is how it's over. But, but you, you, you can't, there's no reason. You have to divorce yourself from it. You have to do your best to stay within yourself and only handle the things you can handle. I'm I'm not Jesus Callahan, okay? I if you believe, go ahead. Be kind, help people, do whatever you can. You want to raise your kids that way? That's totally fine. Just make sure you remember all the good stuff, all that that stuff. And I, and so again, like I said, I'm not that dude. But when I was a kid, you know, my dad was an alcoholic and I, I had to go to Alateen and I had to go ahead and, and check out these meetings. And, and it's funny, I would go and I'd sit and listen. And I, I never fucking, you know, I, I, I was I was embarrassed enough that I was involved in this. All right. Uh, the fact that my father was such a fucking colossal failure and he was hurting my mother and hurting us sitting in a room and talking about it or listening to people talk about their issues just made me just go, what the fuck am I doing this for? This makes no sense. But I would sit and I'd listen in Alatine. And here's a list of the people who were in there with. <laughs> what if I had their names? Here's a bunch of friends of Bill W. Um, and then one, one time, I don't know why, uh, I was not prodded, they didn't ask, but I decided that I would talk. 
And so I had a chance to, they call it sharing, whatever. And, and, and I had the floor and I spoke about the fears I had of becoming what my father was and seeing what he was and, and I, whatever I, I remember talking about it and, uh, and I finished and people were very nice. And afterwards they came up to me and they were very, everybody was very kind. And they said, uh, that was because I had been there, you know, three other meetings and not said a word. And they said, well, you should, you should speak at every meeting. You were very eloquent. And that was, that was great. And I'm, I'm fucking, you know, at the time I'm 13, I think. And they were like, no, that was, you know, again, it's all kids, it's Alateen. But the counselors and even the kids were very, very kind to me. And I, you know, I, I don't forget that. So there is, there is support and there is help to be had within the confines of those groups. If that's what you need, find it. But they, the thing that always turned me off about them, because I've gone, as I've gotten older to a couple of meetings, is the Jesus thing. Again, as I've mentioned, I'm, I'm not, that's not my thing. And you have to get past it if you're going to be, I mean, older me certainly can a lot better than younger me could. But younger me be like, oh my God, why do you got to torture me with the fucking Jesus and holy shit? You know, if there was a Jesus, blah, blah, whatever the fuck. Because again, and like I said, in my 20s, fucking monster. Um, but it was funny because when my mom, when dealing with my father, she, she brought the serenity prayer into my life. And I don't know a fucking thing about praying. I don't know. Like I said, when I, when I prayed, I used to pray for, for Jesus to bless everybody I knew and to, and to let the fucking Phillies win the world series. And I mean, that's how long ago it was. So, um, but, but just the wording of this, you know, if if you can, if you can take out, you, you know what, you can even take the word God out of it. You don't need God in it, but I'll tell you the way I learned it. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, again, you can lose God completely from that equation. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's a pretty good guideline for your life. You know, um, just... Just try to be as serene as possible and accept whatever you have to accept, but also be strong enough to change the things you need to change in your life that can grant you that serenity, that can bring you back to a place where you're comfortable or you're better. And you got to be smart enough to know that there's some stuff you can't change. You got to be smart enough to know that, you know what, there's, there's, there's me doing too much. It's a weird time, man. You know, it just is. This show's late again because I thought for sure I was going to come in and just fucking just be bad. You know, like I told you, Bridge tells me stuff and I just go, you know, that just makes me think. Because when I, I, like I said, I'll think of the, the macro in that, man, are we ever going to cure this disease? And I'll think in the micro And I'll think, Jesus Christ, what if all the truck drivers get sick? What if the mailmen get sick? What if all the cops get sick? What if the military gets sick? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, and I, Tuesday was bad. Tuesday was a bad day because I got, you know, you got nobody. You got nobody here. And it's, and I'm not, you know, I'm not like, boohoo, I need a shoulder. I'm just saying it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a weird time to be alone. And I never thought I'd say that. You know what I mean? I've, I've, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I don't mind being alone 
And even now I don't mind being alone. I can find the internet. I, but what I need is I need structure and I have no structure or discipline. I need a day of books. I need a day of TV. I need a day of work. Bullshit. I need seven days of work. And then on, uh, then, then when I'm going to take time off, I need books and I need the internet. And then I need, you know, that's the thing. I got to divorce myself from all of the things that are eating me alive. And, and, and we all do, you know, so again, uh, I didn't, I didn't anticipate it to get to this place, but, uh, you know, just, just be safe. People write me now, they write me notes, uh, unless they're writing me to tell me I'm a racist or whatever the fuck, <laughs> but, uh, people write me notes and, and, and I always, when I write them back now, I just say, stay as safe and as healthy as you can. And that's, that's what I wish for all of you. You know, I want you to be happy too, but I can't, nobody controls that. You can control that yourself. You know what I mean? You can try, uh, maybe some serotonin or just fucking jerk off, whatever the fuck, try to make yourself happy. If you, if you, if you're not feeling happy, whatever, reach out to whoever makes you happy, but safe and healthy. I think we can all take an active role in, try to be safe, try to be healthy, wash your hands, stay inside all the same shit you hear people saying, except for the right people. I mean, Dr. Fauci says it, Dr. Bricks, Blix, whatever the fuck her name is. Absolutely. Uh, but then you got those other fuckheads, those just fucking sentient mayonnaise jars who are running this goddamn country. What a fucking load. What a load Trump is. He's just going to kill everybody, man. And uh, and this bullshit now where they're like, hey, you can't vote by mail. Well, then, you know, well, when's that? I mean, in November, that's going to turn into, well, maybe we shouldn't vote now. Maybe people shouldn't go to the polling places. Well, why don't we hold off for six months? And I know that's some tinfoil hat bullshit. That's got to start somewhere. And, uh, you know what, if you would have told me three months ago that we'd all be sitting inside our apartments because germs were scaring the world, I would have thought that was some tinfoil hit bullshit as well. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt You guys can be my friends at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. All these places still exist. I don't know why, but they do. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. Uh, and get this, I'm on TikTok. I still haven't done anything with it, but I'm on TikTok at Mike40YOB if you want to reach out and be a friend there. Uh, all of those places exist and all of them are waiting for you to find me. Please do that. It would be great. Uh, our friend Ryan Dirks is out there staying alive. Ah, 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 ah. Write him a note. Write him a note. He's on Facebook at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Tell him he's great. And of course, David Mex Hernandez does the music and the uh, artwork for this show. You can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Find him there, please go look at all of his artwork and look at the cool stuff he does. Cause you can hire him to do artwork for you as well. Become his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and peruse his photos. You'll see all the artwork he's done for me. The artwork he's done for the West side 86 jokers page. Uh, and then you realize he has his own closed group called this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. You can join that group. If you go ahead and send a request. It's a closed group. So you'll get some questions back, but just answer them. Don't be a fucking pill. And, uh, and then you'll get in the group and then you'll be in there with, uh, with, uh, the, the, the fucking mummy who walks around with his fucking fingers falling off. And then the hot chick who shows her nipples to everybody and a goddamn refrigerator with a toupee on it. All those things exist. 
There's a fucking like a retarded bumblebee, I think, is in there, too. I don't know what that fucking thing is. And then there's a a weeble that wobbles and eventually falls down. But all of those things are there in the group. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Go ahead and please join the group. And if you want to hire David, like I said, he does all of the whatever. He can do watercolors. He can do oil paintings. Uh, He can do your Facebook caricature for you. Our buddy Stephen Popkin, our man on the ground in New York, is right now. If you go to his page on Facebook, you'll see the painting that Mex did of him as his his, uh, Facebook photo. He's available to do all of those things. And also, you can find out some of the corporate stuff he's done. He's done guy cons. He's done Valscapes. He's done so many goddamn different things. Uh, find that stuff at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Look through all of his photos and find his artwork folders. Uh, but also, you can go to his website. That's right, his website. He still has a website. It's, it's, it's not the apocalypse yet, folks. Websites are still working. And you can find his at artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. So she woke up, woke up from where she was Lying still, said I, I gotta do something About where we're going Step on a steam train Step out of the driving rain, baby Run from the darkness in the night Singing la, 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 din day La, 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 din day La, 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 din day Sin, bitter the taste in my mouth. I see seven towers, but I only see one way out. You gotta cry without weeping, talk without speaking, scream without raising your voice. You know, I took the poison. From the poison stream Then I floated out of here Singing la, 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 din day La, 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 din day La, 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 din day painted red under a black belly of cloud in the rain in through a doorway she brings me white golden pearls stolen from the sea she is raging she is raging and the storm blows up in her eyes she will suffer the
Sponsors? Have we still got them? You better believe we still got them. You got to believe we still got them. That's what Tug McGraw would tell you. And I know you're saying, who the fuck is Tug McGraw? Well, he's Tim McGraw's dad. And now you're saying, who the fuck is Tim McGraw? And I'm telling you, he's a country music star. Uh, And you're like, we don't even like country music. So how would you expect us to know who fucking Tim McGraw is? And I'm like, hey, look, man, get off my fucking back. All right. I was just telling you, we got sponsors. Jesus, why are you going to climb down my fucking throat? Yes, we're all quarantined. We're all on each other's fucking nerves. But Jesus, just let me fucking say one thing without you fucking coming at me. Is that cool? Good Christ. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. I I will bow now because that was a one-act play. But we do have sponsors, courtesy of Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw's our sponsor. I don't know if you know that. He's just banging his fucking right hand into his thigh, throwing left-handed screwballs and getting you out and saving the final out for the goddamn 1980 World Series champion Phillies, closing closing the door and then catching Mike Schmidt as he ran in from uh, stage right and leaped on top of the pile. Tug McGraw was in the middle of it. Number 45 in your program, number one in your heart. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of that in this show. All right, so sponsors. Our good friend, uh, Fearful Jesuit, is a sponsor of this show. He's at the Paranoid Strain. That's a podcast you can get right now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and download it. I'll wait. <clears throat> there you go. That's how that's how quick your internet is. You got fast internet. Uh, actually, subscribe to the show. You don't have to download it. If you subscribe, you'll get all of the shows. And you'll want to do that now because things are changing over there at Paranoid Strain Industries. Uh, first of all, if you want to write him a note, you can write him paranoid strain at gmail.com paranoid strain at gmail.com. Write our friend fearful Jesuit a note. Tell him you love him. Tell him you love the show. Tell him you learned about it through us. Tell him how much you enjoy what he does and, uh, and how much you're looking forward to phase two of the show, which I'll talk about in just a second. Um, but in the iTunes store right now, you can download all of them and stuff like that. You can leave a review. If you leave a review in the iTunes store, that'd be pretty great. I'd appreciate it very much. Uh, talking up the show, telling them you learned about it from us, because again, again, you know, our, our boy thinks we're, we're hitters and it makes us happy and, uh, it keeps him happy. And again, we want sponsors. I, I can't look, you can't expect me to go in and talk to Tug McGraw and tell him I don't have sponsors anymore because he's the, you got to believe guy. And if, if I can't tell Tug McGraw, do you really expect me to go in and talk to Dick Ruthven and tell him that we don't have any sponsors? You expect me to go talk to a fucking Larry Christensen and tell him we, or a Randy Lurch or a Marty Bystrom? You expect me to tell any of those guys that we don't have? Or Dickie Knowles? How about that? You expect me to tell Dickie Knowles I don't have sponsors? I can't fucking do that. So please, keep Fearful Jesuit happy. Write him a note. Download the show. Listen to the show. Tell him how great it is. Please do all of these things. Uh, like I said, they're in phase two because they've been doing these long epic episodes, which I've mentioned before about reality and... Uh, it shows, you know, they come in around two hours, which, you know, I wouldn't know anything about that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Seems long. Uh, and then a couple of three hour shows. What the fuck, man? Where are you from? I, you know, it's funny. I can't, I, I, I did a four hour podcast once. I think now about it and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Now it's easy for me to talk and stuff like that when somebody else is in the room and I'm making them laugh and I don't even fucking think about the goddamn time. But when you're alone and you're, and you're staring directly at the computer screen, you're seeing how much time you're at occasionally. Cause I try not to look, I don't want to look. Um, because I've got that thing in my brain. It's like, oh, you, last week was two hours and 20 minutes. You got to do longer. What the fuck? Why? It's so dumb. Uh, but Jesuit might be the same guy, but he produces his goddamn show like to the fucking nth degree. And uh, like you said, it takes him months and months to produce. So they're now going into a phase two of the show now. Uh, they have a new strategy of doing quick hit episodes where, uh, look, and they'll still, look, you'll still get the same quality production. You'll still get Dana unicorn. Uh, you'll still get fearful Jesuit breaking it down, tearing apart these conspiracy motherfuckers and showing you their guts 
just leaving them lying limp in the goddamn street and busting out their fucking ideas and showing you just how useless they all are. But now you'll get it in quick bite size form if your bites are 50 minutes to an hour, which I think he's planning on doing that from that going forward. But also, you know, I know Jesuit. He's going to get the talking. He's going to bring on some fucking expert. They're going to play a whole chapter of an audio book that fucking illustrates their point in an unbelievable way. And then he's going to come in and make it even more clear by what he says. It's just fucking it's just gold. It's just it's you know what his show is? It's a kaleidoscope. You ever put a kaleidoscope to your eye and you spin it around and it's like, ooh, ah, ooh. But then occasionally it just makes a perfect snowflake. That's what that's what his show is. It's a lot of bursting colors going to and fro. And eventually it just forms a perfect shape. And uh, I shouldn't you know, I, eventually it forms a perfect shape every week. Uh, like I said, the phase two episode now is about the coronavirus. Have you heard about it? COVID-19? It's going around. You should probably check it out. Uh, <laughs> he has a medical expert on. He talks to him about some stuff. Uh, there's a jingle for that guy inexplicably. And it's and it is a long jingle. It is not a sting. It is a jingle. Normally, if you have a guy and you can have a, a musical sting for him. Nope. This is a goddamn jingle for his medical expert. Uh, oh, by the way, this uh, medical expert, not an expert admits it in the same breath. Like literally he, he purports to kind of be an expert. And then he says, Hey, he's a global expert. And the guy's like, yeah, that's not me. And uh Jesuit's like, Oh, all right, well, that's fine. This is the best we can do. Uh, which made me laugh out loud. Actually. Um, they're talking about the, the coronavirus. They're talking about the China wet markets. They're talking about, uh, Oh, I will tell you this. There's a British guy who's talking about bats and he's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he says that it's these bats. It's a tourist cave for bats and the bats, urinate in this cave and if the if a person breathes in at the wrong time they can get a pathogen and take it with them so that's how bats get you they piss on the ground and you breathe don't if there's anything we've learned from this week's fucking paranoid strain podcast don't breathe when bats are pissing seriously if you, if you see a pissing bat hold your breath there you go how about that take that and fucking run with it if you see a pissing bat just hold your goddamn breath because otherwise you're gonna get a pathogen you're gonna kill half the fucking planet you, that's <clears throat> literally if a, if a bat's taking a piss and you breathe in, that's a, that's a fucking, you know what they call that in the medical industry? A Thanos snap. That's what they fucking call it. If you see a bat take a piss and you breathe and then that's it, that's a Thanos snap done. Also, this British guy says defecate and, uh, I, I don't give a fuck if he's an expert on pathology or bats or pissing or breathing or pathogens, whatever the fuck. The second you say defecate dumb, you know what you are? You're a four-tooth motherfucker watching Leicester in a goddamn bar somewhere. Or is it Lester? I don't know. I don't even pronounce that. I would say Leicester. Uh, you're a four-tooth motherfucker who's rooting for Man U <laughs> in a pub. All right. Can I have some warm beer? And uh, I'm going to go defecate. Uh, vomit. Uh, you know what I learned from this uh, this Paranoid Strain episode, which I didn't care for? And it's something I guess I've sort of known, but to hear it brought into the, this kind of... Uh, boiled down to its essence flus always like viruses always start with animals like it's usually a pig but they said sometimes it's a duck or a chicken and then it gets airborne to a person and that person passes it on to everybody else and uh i don't know man that's um that's 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 a pretty good reason to kill all the animals right <laughs> i mean these if it's them or us Oh, but actually, fuck us. We suck. You know what? Kill it. Keep killing us, pigs. Do that. I, I want some pig to shit out a pathogen and have some guy breathe it in, and then he goes ahead and kills his whole family. Good for you, pig. Indirect serial killer. I like it. I like deadly pork. 
That's what I'm looking for right now. That's my fucking plan for this planet. I like deadly pork. Uh, just kill us animals. We're not doing anything good with this planet. Because you, know, you see these videos now of like goats roaming the streets, these empty streets and shit. And everybody's like, as the humans quarantine, the wild animals come back out to seize the planet. And I'm like, it's a herd of goats. I mean, they're not seizing anything. If anything, they're probably walking around just going, uh, you know what? Those goats have been waiting forever to go to Guy Fieri's Flavortown. And then sure enough, the one, they finally get the courage. They've been planning this trip for years. Not joking. Two years they heard about this restaurant. And they fucking said, all right, you know what? Fuck this. Let's just go. Let's just go. They've been talking about it forever. And then Charlie the Sheep is like, you know what? Fuck this, man. Let's just go. We can't talk about this all the time. We love the guy. We watch the shows. We've heard about the restaurants forever. We got to go. We got to fucking go, man. We got to do this. And he's been pushing it for two years. And finally, he gets the rest of the goats on board. They're like, fuck this. You know what? If a bunch of us go, they can't, they can't stop us all. Let's storm the fucking Guy Fieri Bastille and have some goddamn donkey sauce. Let's fucking do this. Let's get a bunch of goaty friends, storm into town and get some donkey sauce. They can't stop all of us, goddammit. And that's the pep talk these goats needed. So they fucking banded together. They leaped out. They ran into town to go to Guy Fieri's restaurant. And what happens? The fucking things shut down because the whole world is shut down. Because you know what? Sheep don't read the fucking news or goats or whoever the fuck. They don't know anything about a pandemic. They don't talk to the pigs. If they talked to the pigs, they would have heard the pigs are like, guess what, man? Did you hear what the bats did? Fucking unbelievable. Fucking bat took a piss and killed everybody. Everybody's like, fucking bats. I wonder if pigs and bats are friends. I know pigs and spiders are friends. Well, at least that one pig. Well, that's some pig. Uh, so <laughs> the paranoid strain is available right now in the iTunes store. Like I said, just finding out that all the viruses start with the animals. That was That's, that's a nugget you bring from the show and you're like, all right, that's all I needed to fucking know. I will say this, uh, you know, Jesuit is kind of taking the edge off the virus and, and all that. I just, uh, I, for me, for me, this is for me, a little early to, to, it's like what I said when he texted me and he's like, you want to know why they had to pay that, pay that, pass that bill? No, no, I'd rather marinate in my own anger and rage right now. Thanks. I'd rather, I'd rather be furious about it for a while. I don't, I, I can't be, uh, not, not everything to me is, I can't be data from fucking Star Trek or, uh, the, the idiot from fucking alien who's trying to preserve the fucking life force. Who's the guy who gets his head cut off? Then he's just fucking sitting there. And they talk to his head. They reassemble his head to talk to him. Uh, Burke. I think it's Burke. No, Burke might've been Paul Reiser and aliens. I don't fucking know. Look, here's the thing. The paranoid strain podcast exists. You got to download it. It's in the iTunes store. Go ahead and subscribe. You got a whole new phase two coming with a new strategy, a quick hits, maybe some longer episodes mixed in. But the bottom line is Still the same great fucking show available now in the iTunes store. Leave a review, please. Our friend Fearful Jesuit can't be stopped and uh, and support him. He's he's worth it and he supports us. And that's that alone makes him worth it for fuck's sake. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into to, to full plugs. I'll give you like a thumbnail of stuff. If you want to support me and support this show, you can. You can hire me for cameos still where I will uh, call you and say good things. Now I'll tell you this. Who did I just see that signed up on cameo? And I was like, what the fuck? It was like, it was like a, it was a huge name. Oh, it was Ric Flair, Ric Flair, the pro wrestler. He's like, it's 500 bucks. And I was just like, I can't, I can't compete with Ric fucking Flair. How the fuck can I compete with Ric Flair? And there was another one, dude, there was another really big name that came up in my Twitter stream. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I guess, look, Everybody needs money now, you know, and, and, and if you can cash in on your celebrity, it's a good way to do it. But I, first of all, I have no celebrity. 
Uh, and I'm 20 bucks. Ric Flair's 500 bucks. You know what I am? I'm, I'm fucking 25 Ric Flair's hire me for 25 cameos. That's it. That'll equal one Ric Flair. <laughs> um, anyway, cameo can be an app on your phone. You can hire me to do something if you want. Uh, our Amazon link is very important. If you're still using Amazon, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. Uh, there's an Amazon link there lurking. Click on that, please. And then, uh, I mean, if you're still buying stuff from Amazon, that's great. And then we get credit for it. It really helps the show, keeps us afloat. Um, it costs you nothing. You know, this is, these are ways to support the show. There's a hair in my mouth. <laughs> these are ways to support the show where uh, it doesn't cost you anything. Well, I mean, Cameo costs you something, but I mean, Amazon. Amazon is a way <laughs> where it doesn't cost you anything. Um, <clears throat> and Twitch. Twitch is the same thing. We have a Twitch channel. And I'm streaming on there virtually every day, playing video games and uh, and talking, eating yogurt and grapes and having fun and chatting with the stream. Um, and while you're there, you can do an Amazon Prime subscription for five bucks. Costs you nothing. Gets me five bucks. And uh, and I appreciate it very much. You know, it's, again, anything you can do to keep me afloat makes me happy. Um, it doesn't even just make me happy. It makes me uh, ecstatic <laughs> because, um, you know, Uber has shut the fuck down. And I looked into some Amazon work and there's no work in Southern California. So uh, next stop is a grocery store. But I will tell you truthfully, and you're going to make fun of me, but I fuck it. I, I, I try to be as truthful as possible with you guys. Grocery store I'd be happy to work in because they're hiring people to stock shelves and shit like that. And I'm like, fuck, if I could be night crew or whatever and go in and just wheel out pallets and stack shelves and straighten shit, I can do that easily. Put some earbuds in and get it done. But what I what I think and this sounds so dumb. The last thing I want is to get hired. And then they go, okay, here you go. And they hand me like a fucking bottle of, of like scrubbing bubbles and a roll of paper towels. And they're like, all right, go clean all the shelves in the store. Uh, cause I just, that would just be, and I know you're going to make fun of me, but it just, it's just, that seems like such a death blow. I mean, you know, like I get, if it's just stacking shit, that's just chimp work. But then the cleaning shit, if they're, if they're like mop the whole store, I mean, I understand it's gotta be done. When you're trying to make a living, there ain't no such thing as pride. But Jesus Christ, does that just seem like a goddamn precipitous fall? Uh, and if you do that sort of work, please, I'm not judging. I'm not saying anything to anybody. But uh, also, I'm I'm near death. I'm very close to death. So if 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 I'm this close to death and I got a mop and a squeeze bottle in my fucking hand, just go ahead and kick me into the grave now as it is. Um, so the Amazon link is out there. Go ahead and use that. MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. Click on the Amazon link. Anything you buy, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just the 10 seconds to find the link. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, and, you know, I said the Twitch channel is out there. Twitch.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Nope. Twitch.tv slash Mike for No, the 40-year-old boy. Fuck. It's out there. Just Google Twitch Mike Schmidt. Twitch the 40-year-old boy. And you will find it. Uh, same thing with my YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Uh, go there. Um, there's old shows. All sorts of stuff you can peruse. And uh, more to come more to come. I actually was fucking around yesterday for an hour with the fucking thing, trying to figure out how to tape videos. I found some notes that I made when Ahmad was here. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) get ready to hear what I think about chewing gum. Um, what else? Patreon, um, Patreon exists. You can go ahead and uh, do that. Also the PayPal link is still on all of the, uh, pages at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. a Patreon too. find me at patreon.com. Uh, subscribe. Let's talk about this real fast. Um, our buddy Lou Fulmer bumped up his Patreon, and I appreciate that very much, uh, Lou. You're very cool for doing that. And another friend of ours, Jeff, had to change what he gives a month 
Um, and I recognize this because things are different out there for everybody. So Jeff, you never wrote, cause he sent me a note to man. You never know. Owe me a fucking explanation. I mean, I, I totally get it, dude. There's a fucking, everything is upside down. I have no idea what's going on in the world. I'm sure you don't either, but, uh, but right now, man, I mean, it's, that's just the way it is. So I totally get it. And thank you so much for even giving me one fucking penny for even thinking of this show for, for one second and giving any, any dimes at all. You're so nice to think of me, Jeff. And, uh, and hang in there, buddy. It's, it's going to fucking turn around for all of us. I know it is. Um, and Lou bumped his up. Thank you so much. And, uh, and our friend Ellen, who is, who is, uh, just lovely and a great friend and someone I've met in person now four times. I spent a day with her. We had breakfast. She came over to my house. We fucking hung out one time when she was visiting. Um, she and her husband weren't her, her boyfriend were in town and, uh, just a great, just a fucking really just a good person. And she, she was very nice and sent me something and didn't have to, and, and nobody has to, but as I've said before, I used to always say absolutely appreciated, but completely not necessary. Absolutely appreciated and kind of necessary. Thank you for thinking of me. And I want to make mention of somebody who helped me out two months ago before the, before even all this monstrous garbage hit the fan. And I can't believe I forgot to mention this person. Um, our buddy, Philip, who is an amazing man who at Christmas sent me lozenges that honestly you can hear in my throat. I need one right now, but I still use them. These green apple, uh, lozenges, uh, they're, they they come in handy. I like them very much. That was a Christmas gift he sent me two years ago. And then he just, he sent uh, a donation via PayPal and I'm, I'm forever grateful, Philip. Thank you so much. You were so nice to think of me. And, uh, you know, he sent me notes and told me to stay strong and, and could not be more thoughtful or kind. And Philip, uh, I, again, I won't say your last name, but Philip's pretty cool. Chaffin. I'm going to say it. Fuck it. Philip Chaffin. Um, I assume it's Chaffin might be Chaffin, but it's two F's. So I'm going to go Chaffin. Uh, our buddy Philip. So Philip, thank you for thinking of me. I was remiss in not mentioning it until now. Uh, and, and please know how much it was needed and how appreciated it was. You're the best. Uh, and Ellen as well. Thank you for thinking of me, Lou, Jeff, everybody, 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 but boom, boom leads a lot of blues brothers these uh, months. All right. That's what quarantine does. Brings the blues brothers right out of you. Um, I will tell you this. I had a, uh, <laughs> I have to share this story with you really quickly and then we'll, we'll let David take us out again. Um, the, um, you know, we're all trapped inside. We've got meat, whatever, but I, I was going a little stir crazy. So I wanted to eat something and you can't eat it at a chain restaurant because they, they've got money. So you're trying to eat local and you're trying to eat at a place that you like. And so, and there's all, there's a Chinese place by me that I really like. So I was like, you know what? They're also probably having a hard time because people are fucking yelling at them or whatever the fuck. Cause they started this whole thing and they didn't. Um, but I was like, I'll get some Chinese food. Cause I love Chinese food. I'm fucking addicted. So sure enough, I called them and I ordered the food and it was like, they closed at nine o'clock. So I ordered it at like eight 40 and they're like, okay, no problem. They'd be ready in 10, 15 minutes. This is great. So I left the house I buzzed over to Walgreens to get in there real quick. Um, and then, you know, cause the grocery stores here were, they close at eight or nine or all that, but there's still, you got to wait in line. Um, but I didn't leave my house till like 10 to nine. And then I went over to Walgreens, ran in there real quick. And then I went over to the Chinese house and, uh, I pull up and their lights are out and I'm like, all right, well that sucks. And then I see a guy, he waves at me from inside. So I get out and I walk in and there's five people there. Uh, with certain, four of them have surgical masks on 
but they're all just in coats like they're and the doors are closed and, and the lights are out. And uh, I go, hey, and he goes, hey, uh, yeah. And they had, I should say this. They had called me twice as well. And I was like, I, I was like, whatever. So I pulled up and they go, hey, look, we close at nine. So, so you really have to you have to be on time. And I looked at my watch and it was it was eight fifty two. I wasn't, you know, they weren't closed. They close at nine. I go, yeah, I understand. I go, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not nine o'clock yet. And he goes, yes, but you know, we close at nine o'clock. So if you, if you want this, you should come. If you're going to place an order, you need, and he was like, he scolded me for arriving late to pick up my food. And first of all, I wasn't even fucking late. It's eight 52. You close at fucking nine o'clock. I understand you want to fucking get out of here. There's a pandemic. You know, I get that. Um, but, but, and again, this is <laughs> part of me is like, Hey, you know, we're, I'm trying to keep you guys afloat. Like I just, I just bought $30 of the Chinese food. That's going to feed me for three days that I shouldn't have fucking bought, but I did it because you fucking people were on my goddamn mind. You were close. And I figured, you know what? You needed the goddamn bone thrown your way. But if you don't want me to fucking come, if you'd rather, I didn't show up and eat your Chinese food. If you rather I didn't patronize your fucking place, then fine. I never fucking will again. Like I wanted to say all this shit to him, but I didn't, I was just, I'm, I'm but I'm biting my lip because look, man, it's hard for you. It's hard for me too. It's hard for all of us. Nobody wants to be trapped in their fucking. And also we're all tightly wound. Everybody's a fucking coiled spring ready to fucking go. I mean, all of us are a fucking, you ever see a cartoon bomb, that fig bowling ball with a goddamn wick and it's burning. That's every single person in every single fucking abode in this goddamn country. Right. The fuck now you are in lockdown. And so the fuse is lit. All you're waiting for is the opportunity to blow up in somebody's fucking face. And I'll tell you what, if I go to your fucking restaurant, which I am paying to keep a float for no good reason. I mean, I, I could have gone, you know, fuck. I had food at my house. It was just, I did this thing where I was like, I'm so stir crazy. I'm going to go out. I'm going to get some fucking Chinese food. And also I, I figure doing them a favor. Chinese people are getting a fucking the, the, the shit end of this stick. And I'm like, all right. And then you scold me, you fuckhead. I don't, you know, take your onion pancake, take your goddamn chili oil shrimp fried rice, take your fucking Zhao Lung Bao and throw it in the fucking dumpster, you fuck. And I'm not even paying for the goddamn shit. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I want to do. But it's a kinder time. It's a gentler time. Like I said, be happy, be nice. But uh, I got to be honest with you. If there wasn't a pandemic, I probably would have told him to throw the whole fucking thing in the goddamn trash and walk the fuck out. As I walk through this wicked world, searching for light and darkness of insanity, I ask myself, is our hope lost? Is there
Peace, love, and understanding. 